It's Jax. What up, Dallas? Let's go. Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. Ex Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to. Poking out, they just, but listen, son, now you leaking that future. Huh? So who's the shooter? Hum, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? I would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus, Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking an Optimo. Somebody got to drop the homie Biggie, he's got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So what a long frown, a man harm from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be Fucking do what you want to do So I do what I want to do Bet you did it to floss Bitch, I did what I wanted Bet you did it and lost Bitch, I did it and won it Shit, I'm never coming back Listen, I just want to rap Gee, I told you all of that On about a dozen tracks I don't give a fuck I just, I just, I just want to rap Spitting fire on this track Like a fucking thundercat Plus this mic is bleeding Rojo This shit is a no-no Rolling in that low-low Plus I'm from that ball Need a folk, folk, smoking on my logo. Ready for the woe, and we so so. Silly with the flow, somebody called a bobo. Heard the lanes, and I swear they so so. Too much love for the fame just to go broke. You said that I had the rap game and the show card. No, I think I got the whole world in a rope. No, gotta think of damn dog, you crazy. Is he the next Jay Z? My crystal ball is hazy, but I don't know. Maybe. Welcome back to the Insane Chick Podcast. It's your host, Chris, here, and I'm being joined by my good friend, Joy. How are you doing, ma'am? Good. Uh, I have to say, admittedly, Chris and I had a whole come to Jesus conversation because <laughs> he was trying to try to get my life together and I appreciate him. I just want to put that on record. Yeah, because she's gonna she's probably gonna hate me later on in the episode. So uh it's good to get that out there though. Good to get that out there. Uh start on a good on a on a good footing here. Um actually I was even gonna go any further than that because I have not talked to you since you came back from Sundance. Right. Yes. Oh my god, yeah. How uh was that? Sundance was it's cold, but it was amazing. Um, it, it was a really good experience. My last Sundance, for for reasons, was <laughs> so hot. Uh, this Sundance was much better, um, and uh, it was it was really great to kind of do this by myself, and and obviously with the support of other wonderful Black critics, my group of friends, Malik, Aramide, uh, Trey, KB, like. It was just nice to be around friends and go see films and kind of hang out. I got very sick the second day, and so my voice was gone. But other than that, it was it was a good experience. Good, good. Was anything that stood out to you? Oh my god, my favorite one of my favorite films of the festival was called Late Night, which got acquired by Amazon Studios for a record of I think thirteen million is what they paid for. Oh, good god. Um, it yeah yeah yeah. It, it stars Mindy Kalin, and she wrote the script as well. Um, and has Emma Thompson and Emma Thompson is, uh, uh, essentially, um, she is a late night host and she is on the cusp of potentially getting canceled at the same time. You know, one of the ways that she's working to not be canceled is to hire a woman writer. Cause she's never had one. So keep that in mind. She's a, she's the only female late night host in this mythical world, but does not have a woman writer on her staff. Hmm. And so she hires Mindy. 
That sounds. I, I, that sounds like hmm, I can see why Amazon would pick that up. It's funny. Amazon, it's good. It's really funny too. Sharp writing. It's, it's funny. Amazon and um, Netflix, man, they they they're just picking things up like left and right. And uh, you know, you, you get all these people complaining about streaming services and things like that. Like I was, um, what is it? Oh yeah, there's this all this talk about the box office being down earlier, uh, the first uh, first half of this year, and I'm just like. One, you guys haven't released anything good, so there's that. I mean, I always like whenever it's some somebody says that the box office is down. I'm, I look at that quarter and find out. All right, what were some of the best things you released this year? And I'm like, you guys haven't really released anything that major. Like, you, you. I think the, probably the best thing that's been released, like blockbuster wise, is maybe Lego Movie Two. But even then, I was like, you released it in like February. <laughs> you know, will you ever really like? I don't know. I just it just. Compared to last year, last year you had you know Black Panther released. You don't have a Black yeah. Panther releasing early this year, and you still had the leftover from Star Wars too. So it's like, yeah, of course, you know the early is, is going to be down from last year. What are you guys releasing? You're not releasing anything. But on top of that, you also got these streaming services between Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon, and anything else you get on the, on the side, you know that are releasing original content now. So. I could go to the theater and pay $10 for a ticket and $10 for a popcorn, or I can stay at home and watch a sea of content and never leave my couch. Yeah. And you know, Netflix content in particular has been a talk of the town this, uh, this winter season. I think the thing that I've been seeing a lot on my timeline, I haven't had a chance to watch it. Since we have the long three day weekend, I'm going to watch it is Russian doll. Yeah, Um, I've been hearing that it's a really good show and I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, I, po- I it popped up on you know how Amazon will I mean Amazon you know Netflix will will start playing the trailer for things so I saw it and I was like I kind of want to watch this um, yeah you know everybody always talks about the stuff that doesn't work out for them but it's like there's so much content that if there's a miss it's you it's a miss for like what maybe a week and then something and then even then if it's a miss people might still watch it so is it really a miss. You know, they just throw everything at the wall. Like, I think I saw the, the, the thing for Russian Doll when I was re-watching Abducted in Plain Sight, which was a, another talk of the town, right? Everybody was watching Abducted that, that documentary, Abducted in Plain Sight, and was like, what the fuck is this crazy shit? So there's just always something there. Um, and, yeah, if you if I have a ton of content on streaming, and the the I know, one, also know that those movies that are in the theater are going to be at able to watch later on in the year in a couple months. Do I really need to go to the theater? You know? Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Yeah. I will say these, uh, between streaming services and these very indie or more indie, um, uh, distributors. So you're talking about the neons, the A24s, even Apple bought something at Sundance. Amazon had a couple of things. Netflix bought a couple of things at Sundance. That's, you know, and HBO films bought a couple of things. Yep. That's pretty much it in terms of who's buying and distributing these, these films. Right. I mean, it just, like I said, and I also think that again, when you, when you have more choices, like, people, it's not that people are not watching content. They are just watching in different places. So, again, I, I'm always, I get that it's some people's jobs to watch the box office and check the numbers and things like that. But I, I look at them like, yeah, of course it's down. There was no Black Panther. There was no, there was no Marvel movie. No Marvel movie, and there was no, there's no Star Wars. 
for like the first time in like you know two three years. Of course it's down, guys. What, what were you expecting? This is a, we're, we're at the normal pace. <laughs> Come on. And if Captain Marvel does what they're assuming, then we'll be right back up and be fine again. Because then you go from Captain Marvel to Shazam to then fucking Endgame. We're good. Like the, the the streak after like March is ridiculous when it comes to films that are coming out. So, guys, you're gonna be fine. Like, just nothing came out in the first two months. But also, like, I, I think we I'm hoping that a lot of these box office trackers kind of come to Jesus in terms of the genre that is making the most money and that gets the most butts in the seats are these films. And there's nothing like I understand it, it's more popular to play the I was here in loving films before it was cool type of shit. But you're going to lose a lot of more people in terms of on an audience standpoint when you have that mentality. So, like. You got you to get with the times, I think is what I'm trying to say. Well, and I, I think also people have to understand that, you know, the pricing structure of theaters right now doesn't make any sense. I pay the same amount of money to go see Endgame as I would to go see a small indie film. That might not doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about it. You know, it's like they're not they're not really equal. One mo- movie is definitely going to bring out. That does not mean to raise the prices on the box office hits. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you gotta you gotta understand certain things are gonna happen. That one people aren't gonna go to see the, the, these films. Like some of these films are things that you release in the theaters. But honestly, probably feel better if I watched it at, at home. Oh, I can't remember what film it was that I saw recently. That I was like, yo, if I watched it at home, I would have probably been lighter on it. Oh, something, something recently that I think I saw. I can't remember what it was, but it was just like. If I watched this at home, my reaction to this would have been totally different than me going to sit there in the theater and watch it. And it wasn't Alita, because Alita, Alita at least is, was well, not really good. It's, it looks beautiful. Like, it, it, you, you get the, the theater atmosphere. You need that, right? But some of these other theater, these other movies, I'm like, yeah, guys, this is just... If I'm sitting at home and it costs me nothing to watch this, my feeling on this film was way different than if I drove all the way out to a theater, paid money to see it, and then also had to pay for food as well. Like, come on, guys. What are we doing? Like, I don't know. So I I think that's one of the things that theaters are going to – they're having a slower time than than other other structures like, you know – record stores and and the video the video stores and things like that it's catching them to them slower um but at some point they're going to realize like guys your competition is the fact that in a couple of months I get to watch everything that you you're showing me at home and and I can get a home theater system that's good enough for me compared to being in it like your screen I've talked about this before your screens are dirty so even when they say hey listen you got to watch this on the big screen I'm like yeah, but if your screen is dirty, is it really worth me not watching it on my 4K TV at home? You know, that I can pause and come back to and take a break from and come back to? Like, convenience, guys. Convenience. Um, the uh, You're joining us for our uh, part two of our Black Critic Roundtable tomorrow. And I'm probably going to bring this up then as well. Um you see the Oscars got in a little trouble by there were four four categories they were going to give out at the, at the breaks, and they mm-hmm. reversed that. Like, what's your thought on the Academy? It feels like they don't know what they want to do. You know, I think it's, for me, I think 
that part was a bit confusing considering they don't have a host. And I, I have always kind of viewed the host as a bit of a filler. And so the way my logic is kind of set up is, well, if you don't have a host that you, so you don't have that filler potentially, that means you can get to more things at a rapid, more rapid pace. Cause you don't have the bits, you don't have the monologue, you don't have the intro of that capacity. I don't know what their layout's going to be. And so if, if that is the case, based on that assumption, why wouldn't you show all the categories? I think that's what has been confusing to me. It seems like they're doing a lot of trial by fire testing and it's not looking good. It makes them look incompetent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so my thing, my, my position on it was, I mean, that, that makes sense what you said there. My position on this is like, I need them to, st- I, I, I feel like whatever they're trying to solve, they're not going to, they haven't come to realization they're not going to solve it. You are not going to get more people to watch the Academy Awards. Like, I, I think they need to start from that position and then move on from there. Because you're not. <laughs> Who, in, in this day and era of being able to, you know, watch things on demand, follow things on Twitter, and, 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 watch, and, and watch recaps, who's going to sit, like, other than people who really, 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 really want to do that already... Who's really going to sit through three hours of an award show? Yeah, um, especially because like I didn't watch the Grammys. Um, I just watched the clips that I wanted to watch and kept going about my day. Um, you know, follow people who were tweeting about it. You know, to get the jokes off, and it was mad funny that way. But otherwise, like I, pro- I'm probably not going to watch the Academy Awards myself. Yeah, to be honest, I know I'm not. <laughs> I was like, let me know when they when they announce. The, and first of all, everybody's waiting for the. For, here's the thing. First of all, we already know. Like, it, it'd be one thing if you if you were saying we're going to randomly <laughs> announce the winners of random categories throughout the Academy Awards. So, but we know that the end of the awards is when you announce best picture and, and things like that. So first of all, people are going to wait until, okay, so if the Academy Awards starts at, th- at eight, you'll probably be announcing best picture around like 11. Let me, let me turn on TV at 10 mm-hmm. And you don't honestly don't even need to do that because nope. I get an Apple alert after there's a big win. Like when the Super Bowl happened and the Patriots won, I got an Apple alert. When Cardi B won, Apple alert. So they're going to give me an Apple alert with whoever wins Best Picture. They do it every year. Or just watch Twitter. <laughs> Twitter yeah. will tell you. Twitter tells us real time, too. So it's like, I, I think that this 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 desire of them to try to, it's like when people were like, you know, it was both sides. It was like when they were announcing the public category and people were like, oh, well, they did that to, to give Black Panther so they can get people to watch the show. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And when, they, when Black Panther got nominated for Best Picture, it was like, oh, they just did it just so people would watch. Uh, uh, the, I'm like, nobody's going to do that. Like, it got nominated, okay, but like, I'll wait again. If I do end up watching, I'll wait until right before they announce, turn on the TV, and then watch. Or I'll just wait until they announce and then say, like, I'll you'll get the entire speeches after, right, literally right afterwards. Like, mm-hmm. this is one of those times where people don't suffer from FOMO. They do not suffer from fear of missing out. <laughs> you know, we do not suffer from that for these kind of things. Like you wake up the next day and go, oh, okay, this is who won. All right, cool. Bet. Let me watch. Let me let me let me watch the entire speeches and do the stuff like that. I'm I, you're not going to increase viewership one way or the other. So whether it was keeping the because I think they're they're thinking for getting rid of the uh those 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 four awards was 
to keep it to a tight three. First of all, you're not going to keep it to a tight three. We already know you're not. You you just you're not. It, it's never a tight three hours. Never, never. All right. Eliminating four categories is not going to get it down three hours. It, it just isn't. Um, but even on top of that, it's like people say I'm going to watch. I guarantee you more people were upset about pulling through the categories than people that would actually go to watch it. Half of those people that were upset aren't going to watch either. They're going to do the same thing everybody else is doing and wait until they get announced on Twitter and then go, oh, okay, and then be upset and have the conversations then. It's just one of those things where I, I like, I, I feel like, and we've, we've talked about this on our, on our Black Roundtable before, I, I feel like they are sorely, they're, like, it's like you said, they're they're trying to work through things, but publicly, so it makes you seem like they're incompetent. Yeah, I would say that. Like, look, I'm probably not going to watch it, but I I do think that folks who do put you know hard earned time and effort should get recognition on the live green you know grand stage. And I still stand by that. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. In in terms of yo, these are the real heroes who are doing the 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 serious work to make these movies happen. So absolutely, you need to be putting them on the grand stage. The thought that you would, that would be okay for you to not to is some BS. And that's the reason why, you know, people push for having, you know, best stunt coordinator at these major award seasons. Like these are the real people who are putting their mind and bodies and like souls on the line to make sure that this film works. It's not just the actors, it's not just the producers, not just the director. So I completely get, you know, people being upset about that. But yeah, like, Y'all gonna put the clips up online and that's gonna be that. Like I I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like, no, I don't I just nobody has three hours of time late at night, mind you. Folks got Sunday. work in the morning. On a, on a like, Sunday. What are we doing? On a Sunday. That's like, a, people got work in the morning. I, I would lo- I would love because somebody brought this up with, with um the Super Bowl. <laughs> like either making the it was like make the day after a holiday or move it to Saturday. I'm like why don't you guys move these things to Saturday? Because people have to work on Monday. People, people mm-hmm. work, let, let me be clear. People work on the weekends too. But the vast majority of people have the weekends off. So if these are the people you want to see these things and you want them to watch, don't you think it would be better for them to watch it on a Saturday where they don't have to worry about going to bed early the next day for the, for, to get to work the next day? Like you probably get people to stay up then you probably get more engagement. Like at this point, if you're trying all these things, why not try that? <laughs> you know, have you thought about changing the fucking date? You know, do yeah, like you the- absolutely change it to Super Bowl Saturday. Super Bowl Saturday still has that S alliteration. Like go do that. Right. I, I just, it's, it's just one of those things that I, 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 I look at. And also I look at it. This is like, you guys have had this long to think about it this way. And you got to decide to announce it like now, like a month before, like, Guys, this is just so unorganized. Like, get your shit, to, get your get your shit together. Get your shit together. So, um, all right, let's move into. Uh, so we I had this conversation with Deepom last. Well, I had, last time I had uh, a guest on it was Deepom. Then I had you on, and I swear to God, between the two of you all, I, I, we having you guys on back to back is like literally causing the end of the world. I know it's not it's not great, and I don't like being known for it. But you know, I take this responsibility seriously. So I got to do a small correction from last last time we were on the show. Um, I'm looking at Justin Fairfax like uh, Obi Wan looked at fucking Anakin after he cut his legs off. Like you were the chosen one. What the fuck are you doing? 
Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I th- clearly, like, I don't live in Virginia. I know nothing about Virginia politics, so I will absolutely let you lead this discussion. But I never thought I was going to see so much blackface in one, like, I have seen, like, I, you know, I went to college. I went to a very white college. I went to a very white Ivy college. So I'm not unfamiliar with blackface. You feel what I'm saying? So... <laughs> But it's a lot. It's a lot going on. I mean, so you got the blackface. We'll cut back to the blackface. So there was even more blackface than last time. Oh, uh, the lieutenant with governor, with Fairfax in particular. Yeah, yeah, him, him, yeah. And, so it's oh, like this. Oof. So we were like, oh wow, you know, fuck, North, get North the fuck out of here. We'll get Justin Fairfax in there. You know, it's fine. He's you know, young black man, lieutenant governor. Um, you know, you know, was speaking out against the Confederate monuments. All right, let's do this. We got this. We good. Let's dap this. Dap. Dap our boy up and let's get going, right? Then it was like, oh well, there's some, there's an accusation of sexual harassment and sexual assault against him. Um, but even when they first reported it, it seemed like it was like Northam's team was digging for dirt and it was pushed by a right wing, uh, right wing group. And so we were like, whatever. Even even Fairfax's first like statement of it made it seem like, all right, cool. You know, we can we. I'm a little nervous, but we cool with this because it was something like, you know. He said that, it, you know, he, he, the events didn't go down that way, that it was consensual. But then he also was, like, asking for <clears throat> understanding and asking people not to harass his accuser and all these things. Like, doing all the things that I, I hate to say that um, are are not normal of men that are accused, which is basically saying that they don't wish ill harm or uh, or attacks against their accuser. It should be standard, but apparently a lot of dudes don't do that shit, right? So I was like, all right, cool. He's, he's kind of not, he, he, he was welcoming an investigation into it. And so all of a sudden I'm like, all right, cool. Still, still a little nervous, but still okay. And like literally the day after that, Casey Hunt was like, yeah, uh, an unconfirmed, uh, 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 a source uh, who was at an, uh, a behind um, an off-camera meeting with Justin Fairfax said that he said, uh, and I quote, "That bitch is lying." And that was like, that's where like you get the like, you know, the record scratch. You're just like, oh god, here we go. This is not gonna be good. Because it's like, dude, you were doing everything so fine. Why would you say well, that? Like you were there. You were there. Like you were absolutely there. Like you, like. How can I, I want to frame this up correctly. Like you, all sexual assault cases should be investigated. Every last one of them. And I truly, truly, truly believe that because we've seen enough of what is happening in our official offices that people don't know how to keep their hands to their fucking self. And so absolutely all cases should be investigated. But in terms of a PR spin, like putting my marketing hat on, he did everything right. But that bitch is lying. Oh God. Bro, what are you doing? What are you doing? You can't. You can't say that. You can't. You, 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 that's that's not the move. No. To put it, to put and it, after to, that, it's like I can't. It, we to put it, to put it We can't even root for you at this point, dude. So, so that caused Dr. Vanessa Tyson, the accuser, uh, to release a statement from uh, through her lawyers. And it's, I'll read maybe not the whole thing. But I'll read part of it. Uh, on Friday, on, on the night of Friday, February 1st, 2019, I read multiple news accounts indicating that Virginia Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax will likely be elevated to governor as an immediate result of a scandal involving Governor Ralph Northam. 
This news flooded me with a painful memories, bringing back feelings of grief, shame, and anger that stemmed from an incident with Mr. Fairfax that occurred in July 2004 during the National Convention, uh, the Democratic National Convention in Boston. I met Mr. Fairfax on July 26, 2004, when he and I were working at the convention. We took our conversation the first day of the convention and soon realized we had a mutual friend. We crossed paths occasionally during the first few days, and our interaction recorded but not flirtatious. We commiserated uh, about our long work hours, and on the afternoon of the third day of the convention, first of all, guys, this is a lot of detail. So already, I was say, already going she got, this, she, she, she got yeah, facts. She got it together. She, she got, she got she details. Got she, got, she got, you know, it's, it's there, right? On the third day of the convention, July 28, 2008, uh, 2004, Mr. Fairfax says I, that I get some fresh air by accompanying him on a quick errand to re- retrieve documents from his room in a nearby hotel. Given our interaction at the time, I had no reason to feel threatened or agreed to walk with him to his hotel. I stood in the entryway of the room, and after he located the document, he walked over and kissed me. Although surprised by his advance, it was not, not unwelcome, and I kissed him back. He then took my hand and pulled me towards the bed. I was fully clothed in a pantsuit and had no intention of taking my clothes off or engaging in sexual activity. In the back of my mind, I also knew I needed to return to the convention headquarters. What began as consensual kissing uh, quickly turned into a sexual assault. Mr. Fairfax put his hand behind my neck and forcefully pushed my head towards his crotch. Only then did I realize that he had unbuckled his pants, uh, unbuckled his belt, unzipped his pants, and taken out his penis. He then forced his penis into my mouth. Utterly shocked and terrified, I tried to move my head away, but could not because his hand was holding down my neck and he was much stronger than I. Uh, than me. As I cried and gagged, Mr. Fairfax forced me to perform oral sex on him. I cannot believe, given my obvious distress, that Mr. Fairfax thought that the forced sexual act was consensual. To be very clear, I did not want to engage in oral sex with Mr. Fairfax, and I had and I never gave any form of consent. Quite the opposite, I con- uh, con- con- consciously avoided Mr. Fairfax for the remainder of the convention and never spoke to him again. Uh, again, it keeps going on and on and on, and apparently she also told this story to other friends. To m- mention this. So, she ain't lying. Yeah, she—he's guilty as fuck. He did that shit, and she got deep. Like she, everything hit on the head. Hey, I did consent to kissing. I, it was very much welcome. The minute that he decided to make it beyond kissing, and I forcefully tried to move myself back, and he was holding me down and using force, that makes it non-consensual. Very clear cut. Yeah, I think he did that shit. And of course, where there's one, there's always another. And there was another accuser that came out, apparently. I don't have that information in front of me, but I know there was another second accuser because there's always two. There's always at least two. It's never just one. It's never like Pringles. It's never just one. All right. Um, so, and of course, he's not stepping down because he he's not being forced to step down. And then Northam's not stepping down. And I'm just like, so, so then. Northam had the blackface incident where it was like it wasn't me, but then it was me, but then it wasn't me because I actually did blackface another time. Um, Fairfax had the sexual assault. The third in charge, I believe, is the attorney general who then also had his own blackface uh, account as well, uh, where he also self-reported after there being rumors that there were blackface with him as well. Um, And then I want to say the leader of the Republican House was like editor of a of the yearbook where there's a bunch of black I there's just there's so much blackface and sexual assault here. I just I just don't I like again, like as I mentioned before, I've I've uh, went to a very white blackface is not unfamiliar with me. Um Chris, I don't know if on your standpoint you've experienced or seen blackface at your college because I think you also went to a PWI, correct? Yep. 
Yeah. So these are not things that are unfamiliar to us, which is terrible to say. And I definitely saw a lot of folks who went to HBCUs being like, wait, this is a normal occurrence. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, you're, it's really I mean, bad. You're, if you're around white people, it's a, it's a, it's a normal occurrence. Between that it, and- it really is. And like, I don't, <laughs> I know we probably sound crazy to them. Like, y'all okay with that? No, we're not okay with this. But th- it is what it is. Like, And the thing about it is, it's like, like, it's just like anywhere where you're going to be around a bunch of white people. Like even if you go to HBCU and you're like, oh, what didn't happen with me at HBCU? I mean, unless you're o- unless you're only going to be around black people, and I mean that like not just school but like work as well. Either you've seen it or some one of those other other things where you're like, oh, white person, you can't do that. You know, you, it's always there. It just always is. It's something that as black people we. We, we've learned to live with, and it's not, like you said, it's not that we're okay with it. It's one of those things of, you get tired of having to say the same thing over and over again. Hey, don't do that. That's stupid. You know better. And you get the same reactions. But no, like, see, it was like, but like, it's like, I'm like paying homage to like Michael Jackson. I'm like, really? That's what you're... Yo, uh, when, when uh, the dude who was like, oh... I was dressing as Michael Jackson and I prepared, like I practiced my wound walk to get prepared for it. I was like, okay, none of this context is good. Like you didn't need to share any of this. Just like, why? What are you doing? So, um, there's this weird thing where, and, and, it, and it's, and it's, I'll, I'll say this. First of all, I appreciate, um, I appreciate that it seems like most people, of the 2020 candidates and most people, most top Democrats in uh, Virginia at least spoke out against these things and said uh, both Northam and Fairfax had to go. Um, and it doesn't, and, and it seems like there's, it's not, like, it, it, again, it was so funny to me because the right did, the right pushed all these things out here under the hope that they would be like, that, that, that the Democrats would be like, well, we can't like let these people go because then it would fall to the Republicans. And Democrats, everybody, every Democrat was like, oh no, these motherfuckers should go. These motherfuckers should go. Like, no, we don't. We're not. We're not you. We need you to go. Um, the the thing that bothers me the most about all this stuff, one is, I don't think any of them are going to go. Um, oh no, they're probably all going to stay. Yeah, like, I haven't seen anything lately on the Justin Fairfax thing. Uh, but I think that's kind of like I kind of want to. I, I kind of want to believe that. Um, uh, he's almost working in concert with the governor now. Cause the governor's like going on his like uh, 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 tour. Uh, uh, is like apology tour almost, and is doing some weird things. Like he's he was doing like who, who was it? Um, he who? Oh, it was Gail King. He was did the Gail King interview where he was talking about indentured servants came over. He's like, you mean slaves? Like what are what are, you, what are you? What are you? How do you not? What are you doing, sir? What are you doing? Wait, that was him. You know? Do you know that I've seen that clip circulate on my timeline, and I just refuse to watch it because I've been stressed out this whole February. Like this whole February has been awful. Yeah, we 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 because we got Black Panther last year. Uh, this year is not the Black Panther uh, Black History Month year. It is no. clearly not. Cle- clearly, uh, we are not getting that. So here's. Let me go ahead and play this clip. Sorry. 
We're now uh, at the 400-year anniversary. This has been a very difficult week for you in the state of Virginia. So where would you like to begin? Well, it has been a, a difficult week. And, and, you know, if you look at Virginia's history, we're now uh, at the 400-year anniversary, uh, just 90 miles from here uh, in 1619, the first uh, indentured servants from Africa landed on our shores in Old Point Comfort, what we call now Fort Monroe. And while also known as slavery. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you know, was like, you mean slaves? Okay. You mean enslaved black people? Got it. <laughs> what, 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 what kills me is when they said that he's not going to resign because he's basically going to basically get a crash course in race, race, in race, in the history in, in, in Virginia's race history, which first of all, I'm like, you already know how bad that sounds that as, you know, a, a, a state that had the capital of the South, that you, it's not a requirement that the governor of that state understands the history of racial relations and racism in America, particularly with you living in Virginia. That's not already I'm a requirement. I'm be honest, like every, any, any state official should be getting a crash yes. course of the people who are a part of marginalized uh, um, communities that they're supposed to be serving. Like in general, I don't care what state it is, just because it's New York and New York was known as like an abo uh, um, abolitionist state does not mean that we don't suffer from racism and we did not suffer from discrimination. That's further from the truth. Stop and frisk is a great example of that. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. you, it's, it should be a requirement for all states, but it's, I hear you, especially on Virginia. <laughs> what are you doing? Motherfucker, you guys are the, you guys are the capital. Like, what do you guys, you need to know this. And, and it just like that whole entire statement he did, it felt like he was kind of doing like a read back of what he had just read somewhere. It's like, well, you know, you know, 90 years ago, you know, and, uh, in, 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 wait, I'm, do, I, do I have that right? No, it's, uh, oh, it's 400 years ago. No, no, wait, it's, it's 400 years. Wait, you carry the one and then do the, it's like, dude, stop. Just, what are we doing? He probably got that from a Texas school book. You know how, like, Texas, right. Texas school right. books really trying to get rid of, uh, <laughs> right. uh, talk about slaves. So, so like, yes. What are you doing? What are you, stop, stop. So, already, it's a problem with that. I'm of the, the, the position of, I want him to squirm. So, I, I know he restored the voting rights to some uh some some felons already and he's he's doing these like these are real like when people say they don't want to be pandered to these are what he's doing right now is pandering and, absolutely and i think you can use his pandering to a benefit but still force him out and that's, what you that's my thing like let him pander as far as he can go like yes please restore rights to people who were in jail who want to vote and have these these same liberties that folks who have not been in jail uh have all about that let him pander and then let him get him fired. Yeah. Like let him pander and let him pander and be like, see, see my fellow blacks. See, I've done this for you. And then be like, yeah, but you still got to go. But no, I just, yeah, yeah, you still got to go. Yeah, yeah, no, no motherfucker. We, yeah. And that's we, the thing. It should have taken you doing blackface in a yearbook, practicing your moonwalk because you're dressed as Michael Jackson for you to be restored rights to uh, prior um, um, jail inhabitants. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 in the state of Virginia, like that should have just been a no-brainer. But wherever we got, like you know, Justin says this from from three fifths all the time. Like, shame is a great tool when you use it correctly. 
And if this is the tool that we need to have to make sure that folks are getting the the proper rights that they should have, I'm all for it. But that motherfucker also needs to go. <laughs> like he also has to leave. Yeah, it's just I, I'm just. I, I, it's just it's so draining, right? It, because it, what's happening in Virginia, like you said, it's it's all across the country. You have these um, white, mostly male governors who have no idea anything about the people that they're supposed to be governing. It's like, how did you, the fact that you need to do a crass course and why that is, and it's very clear to me that he didn't understand what was really wrong with the blackface thing, but he understood that he understood that people were upset, but I don't think he understood how deeply troubling and deeply offensive it was. Because I can't remember the writer who who spoke about this on Twitter, and I apologize, sir, because I, I think your point that you made was was very powerful about the fact that for there is a, a large percentage of white people who don't understand the racist history, but they use it as entertainment, specifically of getting the opportunity to like let loose and be essentially like a quote unquote savage for a day. Mm-hmm. And that's just as bad. <laughs> like I want to be clear. That is that is equally as bad as you knowing the racist history of you letting your hair down to be something that you're not because you want to live free and be Michael Jackson and be able to have dance moves and rhythm and season food or things of that nature. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But like, that's what white people do. So yeah, there's an article on Vox. It was like Ralph Northam wants forgiveness. Virginia's black activists want him to work for it. I actually think most of them want him gone. But that's the other thing too. It also brings this thing of, like what is working for it? Like this is one of those times where I, I I fully believe that like this is one of those examples. Like you see, I've seen people before where they go and ask for forgiveness and they try to put their work in and people don't forgive them. Right? That's not what this is. Like he is clearly trying to keep his job by doing the bare minimum, and he's he needs to go. He should go. Him, Fairfax, the AG should go, and then you know Virginia can try to pick up the pieces later on. Like this is unfortunately what they have to do make that the standard but if he's allowed to stay and all of them are allowed to stay what are we going to do what's what's what are we going to do going forward so i don't know i'm just it just seemed weird that it was like every week there's something new yo like every day there's something new in virginia i'm just like which i hope it i hope to your point chris like i hope it sets a precedent of look 2020 is upon us friends um Hold these people accountable. Like, yes, it was in college. Yes, it was all these years ago. But if he's still, these are people that grow up. Those those little little active, uh, disrespectful white kids that go off and do blackface or go off and, and rape a bunch of chicks at you know in college. These people grow up to be senators and governors and councilmen and doctors and lawyers and and judges. So like that that absolutely affects our system, our criminal justice system, our political system, our economy. Yeah, hold those motherfuckers accountable. Well, that's the thing, right? The the the, the whole boys will be boys thing. Well, boys will be boys until they become men. Men with power. That they then enact on those people that they were being just boys to, right? So, you know, I think the Ralph Northam uh, 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 yearbook was a uh, um, medical yearbook. I mean, that's a medical school. And it wasn't just him and, and blackface. It was a bunch. It was, remember, it wasn't just the blackface. It was like either he's in blackface or he's in the, the KKK hood. 
Like we keep forgetting that, right? Both are bad. Right. And thank you for reminding me. <laughs> right. This was not like he was uh, uh, 18, 19, 20, which is equally as bad. And you should definitely still hold these people accountable. Do not get me wrong. But so you're in medical school. That means you've had a, a life before you went back to med school. You know what I mean? Like you're an adult adult. What are you doing? You absolutely know better. It was 1984. It was, like, it was the 1980s. It's not like people act like it was like 1684 or something like that. It was 1984. He knew better. He knew better. Knew and that's better. the thing. You're going, you're going to medical school. You're going to, at some point in life, treat a black woman, right? And we talk like we talk about this, and this might feel like a reach, but bear with me. When we talk about black women and their and their birth rates, and we talk about how many of them die on the operating table, and we talk about them not properly getting help, it doesn't escape me the correlation between how they're not being believed when they're in the doctor's office of their pain and their and their lack of pain tolerance versus the people that are treating them, people like him. Yeah, I don't think that's a reach at all. I think that's one hundred percent. Like, if you, if if you do not take, if you don't take somebody seriously in terms of what's offensive, what's not, and don't see them, I, let's be honest here. When come, I'm, I'm looking at now uh, is Virginia Senator uh, Senate Majority Leader Tommy Nor- Normit. He was an editor for VMI's uh, Virginia Military Institute's year, yearbook. And it's full of racist photos and slurs. All right. When you see the pictures of these people in blackface, they're not doing it because they're, they, they want to lift up black people. Right. Not saying that that would be good either. You know, I want to celebrate blackness. And that's why the Richard Dolezal, that's also another side of get the fuck out of here bullshit. But these images are clearly done to hurt. Like that image in the in, in, in Northland's yearbook, which is the blackface beside a guy in a KKK uh, uh, outfit. What other message are you trying to send here? That you love black people? Clearly you're not. You know, when you see these images, these people are not doing blackface because they, you know, they have, they, they have this uh, special place in their heart and love of black people. None of these people are doing that. So if you then grow up to then become a general or you grow up to become a lawyer or a, a doctor or something like that, where have you where can you show me that you don't hold those views anymore? What have you done? Cause I can go with the idea that you 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 made dumb, stupid mistakes in, in, in college. You should have known better. Not saying you shouldn't have known better. Should have known better, but you did it. We've all we've all been down that path. All right, cool. What have where 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 in your your time since then can you show me where you've 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 tried to amend for that? Or did you do the thing where you just kind of pretend like it didn't happen and that's what you're doing now? Well, these these VMI pictures are disgusting. And he was the editor of it. You know, uh. um, the N word is used at least once. A student listed as being from Bangkok, uh, Thailand, and is referred to with anti-Chinese uh, and anti-Japanese slurs. A liberal under one man's pictures says he's known as the barracks Jews, uh, as the barracks Jew, 
having his fingers in the finances of the entire core. In the words, in, in about to say, in the words of uh, De Samaro, it definitely sounds like uh, dead stock slurs, straight out the pack. He's brand new, <laughs> some old, some, some some like vintage vintage shit. Oh yeah, these are these these uh, the VMI ones. Oh, these are vintage vintage slurs. And and what makes you think that? What makes you think these are gonna be okay? And that's the thing, like like I I think it escapes people on if you're laughing at this shit, it's not funny. Like none of this is funny. It's only funny when you when you don't respect the people that you're making fun of, that are being made fun of. A, a thousand percent agree. Yeah, yeah that, like that, I mean, the fact that people, like the people, the fact that you can even flick your lips to say, "Oh, well, this was a long time ago." It's like that doesn't that doesn't excuse the fact that like this is terrible. Why? Where? Whether you were twenty or whether you were uh uh um. 15 or whether you were 35 why did any of this seem funny to you why did any of this thing that especially as somebody who is i'm a writer right so i do freelance writing i have an editor editors are lifesavers depending on how much they care about you and what you're writing meaning if they decide to not give you know give your work a real legitimate glance it can really make you look crazy out here or if they accept the pitch that they know is going to be very sensationalized on social media and don't give you the air cover that you need, they're leaving you out for the wolves. And so knowing that knowledge, you're an editor. That means you're looking through this work and approving it and not making edits on any of those racial slurs. You're just letting them be fresh. Like no, no edits whatsoever. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. Keep, keep, keep the, keep the, keep that racism fresh, you know? Um, last on the blackface, because there's just been a lot, blackface is back, apparently. It's just, I don't know, what is, like, I, I you know what I think it is? I, I don't think we got a lot of blackface during Halloween. So no. they, I think they decided to up the blackface for Black History Month. Because it just seems like this has been so much blackface this Black History Month. Um, Gucci, Gucci apologizes and stops selling the $890 blackface sweater. Yeah, and I, looking at that sweater, it didn't, like, I don't know who thought <laughs> that was okay. It's not, this, now, look, it's not funny, but, like, I, I have, as a black person, I'm going to laugh at this, because I actually want it has one. been a ridiculous one. Black History Month. I, I, I actually want one, just so I, like, Rob was right, it's like, we should all get one of these, just to show you, just the comedy we could have with these stupid-ass blackface sweaters here. It's just, what were you thinking? Because you know what it is? It's not just this one, but did you see the picture of the Katy Perry shoes? Yes, the Katy Perry shoes also. I was just looking at it like, why? Why? I was like, Those- like y'all, y'all do understand the character, the caricature. I always pronounce that word wrong, so excuse me, y'all. I can read, I promise. I'm, I'm good at, I'm pretty decent at spelling. Um, uh, like, of when you're doing bl- like black, midnight black faces with red, big red lips. Like whether or not you knowingly know this, it is calling back to a time where people did this for like, fun. Like I feel like if the if if the I feel like if 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 they didn't put the red on the on on the Gucci sweater, the the red lips, it might have been okay. Like it uh, might same thing with I I stand by that for the Katy Perry slipper. If they didn't have those big red lips on those Katy Perry uh, slippers, 
I, and they would have been purple or like an orange lip or even like a green, like any other color, but those bright red lips, then I think she would have gotten, been able, she would have been able to let it skirt under the radar. Because I believe, she, I believe she has a pair that are just like, like peach color or something like that. They're not black. And so the same, same design, it's like somebody did, they made the design, but they didn't make it in black. And then they made it in black and somebody was just like, yeah, I think it'd be fine. Like, no, these are the slippers you wear when you're going to Thanksgiving fam with your, your family that voted for Trump. Like, that's what Perry's use. Oh, I'm not going to give up, you know, going to Thanksgiving with my family, even though they voted for Trump. You wear those slippers to that. The black yeah. slippers. It's just, guys, come on. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what was more offensive the for the, for the Gucci thing was the look, the blackface look, or the fact they were charging people $890. Like, I actually almost look at it like them charging $890. I actually am almost okay with them doing it. Because if a white person buys a blackface sweater for $890 and wears it and then gets roasted for it, they're not out $890. And they waste $890. Yeah. On the sweater. Like, I, like it's, almost, it's almost a poetic like poetic justice on that one. We're just like, did you really just pay $890 for... Which is essentially a, a turtleneck that, that has a neck furled up. Yeah, like, I will say that it was on the site for enough time Somebody bought it, and I'm waiting till when they're gonna reveal that they bought it. I just, I don't understand. And, and you know, you have people like Floyd Mayweather come in, and oh, I, I don't give up. I'm like, listen, like, Floyd's an idiot. First of all, second of all, it's like, guys, it's Gucci, all right. Also, nobody cares. But more importantly, the person who should have spoken up, or or who people were, I guess, were waiting for her to speak up, spoke up. Dapper Dan spoke up about it. Oh, what do you say? It was like. He pretty much was like, this is unacceptable and that he's actually having a meeting with like the president of Gucci about this. Because Dapper Dan, if, if for, for those of you who are not familiar with the infamous Dapper Dan, Dapper Dan was known for styling rappers and pretty much doing remixes to traditional high quality luxury brands. So Louis, you know, Louis Vuitton, um, Gucci, Prada, he would make these very much gaudy and rapified and blinged out. Like he did the Paid in Full album. So if anybody knows the Eric B and Rakim Paid in Full album, who styled him? Dapper Dan. So um, uh, he's known for and has it currently has a collaboration with Gucci. He has he had a Gucci store open in Harlem, and I live in Harlem, so I know I saw Dapper Dan in the street. So like he he had this big collaboration with Gucci because a lot of people were talking about the Gucci's line about. I don't know, like a year and a half, two years ago, was very much similar to the Dapper Dan designs. Mind you, like he's taking their clothes and, and like remixing them, but they had a runway show and it was very much a ripoff of the Dapper Dan designs. What came out of it was essentially, I believe they apologized and then they did a collaboration with Dapper Dan. Yeah, I mean, it's just... And it's so weird because then somebody wrote something for... Floyd, because we know Floyd can't read and write, um, <laughs> where he basically was trying to basically use Dapper Dan as an excuse for why he was giving money to to Gucci. No, and, like, and Dapper Dan made a statement, so you can't use that excuse, sir. Right? Nope, nope. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Whoever, whoever on your team wrote that shit, because we know it damn sure wasn't you. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things. that just I, I'm just I'm just tired of seeing these these companies like this do shit like this, like. I don't think it was Gucci, but whoever that store was when I went through, you weren't on that episode where we went through the, they were just like selling like a, a, a ripped shoe 
for like $600 or something like that. Like, I can't do... Uh, I'm just tired of these, these, these white-owned companies who do these things. Yeah. They're basically selling the most basic shit for like $1,000. Oh, here's a Do you want me to shoe. read uh, the Dapper Dan statement? I yeah, found that'd it. be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so first statement. I am a black man before I am a brand. Another fashion house has gotten it outrageously wrong. There is no excuse nor apology that can erase this kind of insult. The CEO of Gucci has agreed to come to Italy from Italy to Harlem this week to meet with me as along with members of the community and other industry leaders. There cannot be inclusivity without accountability. I will hold everyone accountable. He has a couple of notes. So that was five days ago, 23 hours ago. The meeting is over. It's now time for Gucci to announce how they plan to make amends for what they did. We had some of the best minds from the corporate world participating and experts in in in, uh, in inclusivity and accountability. Um, about ninety percent people of color. They made great demands. It's time for Gucci to answer. That is supposed to happen today. Once we have received an answer, I will be announcing a town hall meeting in Harlem for us to talk about how we feel about what they have proposed. Okay. Last note. Hour ago. We have to learn to earn. What happened to what happened to all the black fashion brands that failed since the 80s? Was it because they didn't get black support or was it because they didn't allow the business? Do you expect our young black designers to spend 30 plus years mastering fashion by teaching them themselves as I did? How do you expect them to compete with the big brands if they don't really know the business? They need jobs and internships within these big brands so that they can learn and then branch out on their own. Many young people think a t-shirt design with a logo is fashion business. Then in reality, the business of fashion is so much broader and more complex than that. I study my ass off to master this business. Live your dream. Don't let other people's feelings stop you. Take advantage of the chance to learn. All you haters get out of the way of our young people. Embrace change. For those who want to continue to hate Gucci and boycott, you are entitled to do so as you please. But anyone that should, should be boycotted is the brands that won't give our young people an opportunity to learn. It's actually not a bad statement. All of them. Yeah. You know? And 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 if what he's done is is going to open up the door to get Gucci to put money into education for underprivileged uh, kids who want to get into the fashion industry, that's again, it's, it's this weird thing of seeing you get to see some people like uh, Floyd, and there was a whole thing with I've stayed out of the whole thing with uh, Monique and 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 um. Steve Harvey Steve and things Harvey. like that. But like it's interesting seeing some of the people that want to give actually give back who who make giving back to the community in in, in meaningful ways uh, their business and those who just who make it lip service and don't do it but then talk down to other people. Which is basically what I see Floyd and and and, and Steve uh, Steve Harvey doing things like that. Here Dapper's basically like, yo, I'm gonna I'm gonna use my influence and, and basically say that, hey, look, first of all, you know, you can't Excuse me. You can't expect other kids, kids who want to get into this industry, to do what I did, which is study my ass off, and and somehow you know miraculously come make a come up on it. That's not going to work. It doesn't work for everybody. And my story is not going to be the story for everybody. You know, we need to actually you know put the resources in there so they can have the opportunities that that, that I have and make it easier for them. Because that's the whole, I think that's the thing that so many people miss. Right? If you struggle to get to where you're at, the the lesson to learn isn't that other people should also struggle to get to where you're at. It's what can I do so that the next set of people don't have to struggle to get to where I'm at. And so many people don't understand that. Right. This is what, this is what, in my opinion, what Kanye was trying to say, 
when he was talking about fashion and, and the glass ceiling. But the difference is, is there is a philanthropic arm and a, and a give back process to what Dapper Dan is saying that I felt like Kanye didn't have. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like yeah. he, Dapper is based in Harlem. Dapper has always been in Harlem. He does not shy from where he is from. He's very much a part of the community. And the fact that he is on his own, because on top of that, like he's putting himself at risk, right? Because mm-hmm. they, he already had the collaboration with Gucci. Gucci has already acknowledged the, the amount of influence and impact that he has had on their brand. So it wasn't like he had a big billboard that said Dapper Dan and Gucci, like for a while in Harlem on like 125th and Lenox. So it's, he's, he's putting himself out there and at risk in a way of even speaking out about this. And he could be fucking up his bag. Like we love to talk about like, you know, don't fuck up the bag. He could have absolutely fucked up his bag doing this. But the fact that he was like, nah, I'm a black man first. We're not doing this. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, that's, what, that's how you're supposed to do it. You know, um, it was so funny. You know, uh, I, again, I didn't watch the clip between Monique and Steve Harvey, but I was hearing a lot of people basically was see basically, basically, you know, compromising his integrity to, to, to keep his bag. And then we see today. Well, yesterday, the announcement of the um, deal between uh, the NFL and, and Kaepernick and Eric Reed, where the, the, the NFL, you know, settled which isn't something that you normally see. From the NFL, um, and I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh no, Kaepernick sold out," and they, you know, it was just. I'm like, y'all are stupid. <laughs> like anybody. I'm gonna say, that- and how? First of all, this man has been without a job of what he wants to do. He's been very adamant since the beginning. And I don't know how this is, has been escaping people. He's been training every day. He mm-hmm. still trains every day. He hasn't been in the league for what over a year. I want to say it's two years now. Almost two years. Like, he has always been adamant about the fact that, like, I want to play, but you guys got to do a better job of X, Y, and Z. Like, he's very much fit and qualified to still be a quarterback. Absolutely. And I know nothing about sports, so bear with me on this. But the fact that, you know, he chose not to go to work. Like, I know we view, and, and there is a level of privilege and access to footballers in terms of the amount of money that they make, you know, on average, right? And they do make more money than the average person. But he deliberately has not going to work on his own volition for two years to oh, make no. a stand the, the, about, the, so, like, about social justice and, and, and police and, brutality. And to correct you, it's not that he didn't on, on, on his own. They won't hire him. Right. They won't, they won't, even, they won't even let him in the door. Only because, let's be honest, because he took a, he, 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 he's kneeling during the anthem. Like, that is the only reason. And, like, you're right. It's like, he has sacrificed enough. He gave up. He's basically like by this. By this. But I, I, I almost guarantee you that part of the settlement is he never going to get back in the NFL. That that's uh, yep. whether whether it was agreed upon or whether it's going to be a quite a more of a loudly quiet thing that's already been happening with the NFL leaders. He is never going to play again in the NFL, and we know that he wants to play. We know that's his dream. So when people sit there and say, "Oh well, I wish he had done more," what more like? I, and look, I love my people, but fuck, I swear to God, some of you will 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 ask people to give the last drop of blood in their fucking body. He has basically given up his career. That is what he gave up. And if yeah. this means that the NFL has to pay him a large sum of money, 
at the end of the day, which we also know, we, we know that during this time of him not having the job, that it's not like he just didn't have a job and just went about being a millionaire. He has still been donating and giving his money. money. So that means yep. even with this large sum of money that he's got coming in, he's probably going to donate that money too. And by the way, there's a, you know, and we're, I know we're going to get into it. Like he's not Umar Johnsoning this, you know, like he's been very transparent and clear on who he's donating to. It's on his website. People can check if they want to of where he's donating his money. And he's been donating money pretty much every month since he's been out of the NFL. And he's been very clear cut about that. Um, there has been no secrets. He makes it very transparent on his official you know, websites and whatnot. And so he's not scamming people. He's literally giving money to others. And, and Chris, you're right. And I, I definitely misspoke in that regard. He can't work. It's not like he's choosing to stay there. Like he's been training every fucking day, ready to play. He's very much ready to play. And I guarantee you, if you put him back in the game, he'd be as good as he was the two years he's been out. And so, like, what, what is, like, this whole, he hasn't done enough. What have you done? And that's what, be, that's what blows me. Like, what have you done? I'll be talking cash shit about people who be giving things up. Because I know myself and Sash can't give up as much as Kaepernick did. I know myself. I genuinely do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I know I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie on that one. And NFL teams are more likely to uh, pick up Ralph Northam <laughs> you know, in blackface than they would pick up uh um, uh, uh, Kaepernick at this point. So it's like, yeah, no, I, I understand. Like by by settling here, maybe we don't get the NFL to admit on you know in the public about what they do. But here's the thing: for these last two years, we already know. We know. I'm saying, like they have said, they have said nothing about. They have been you know predictably mum about this. Right, and and I know. We've seen we we've seen um, them hire uh, 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 quarterbacks that we know aren't as good as Kaepernick. So we know this, and so it's like, what more? What more? What more is he supposed to do? He's supposed to go all the way throughout the entire court system, go all the way to the Supreme Court, knowing that could take up another two, three years. Like, come on, guys. No, I think this is. I think this is probably a win. Is a win for him. It's not a win for the NFL because at this point, everybody kind of looks at what the NFL has taken other things to all the way to the Supreme Court. And, and, you know, so them settling here, let's just know that they're basically admitting guilt. Yeah. And, and I think people like we shouldn't bury the lead on this. The The charges were for collusion. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not play money. And that's not a play charge. You feel what I'm saying? Like, if that's not. That's not something that you you play around with. Mm-hmm. Collusion as a large organization as they are. And you know what? He wasn't wrong and he was definitely not off, you know, off base with that. Mm-hmm. They deliberately made sure that he wouldn't get hired. Yep. There were many discussions about that across uh uh um owners of the league. So like, yeah, he had every right to sue them for collusion. Mhm. Yep. So you know, I, I don't know. It's one of those things I look at people. I'm just like, listen, you know, the, yeah. It, I look. I saw. I, I couldn't believe I saw some people trying to say that it's selling out. It was just about the money and blah blah blah. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Now, personally, I, that does not change my view on the NFL. I'm still not watching because my whole thing with the NFL has always been their bullshit with the. Um, it was between the way they treat women and then the uh, 
CTE stuff, I'm just like, you know what? I'm I'm out. I can't I can't do the the NFL. Like the the way they cover up all those they're they're still covering up those 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 aspects as well. So I'm just like, I'm done with the NFL. So, um, all right. So you already mentioned him. So let's let's talk about Umar Johnson here now. Um, some of you guys may have known this. Uh, Doctor Umar Johnson, who was ever found, is he really a psychologist? Uh, the Root wrote an article about a couple of years ago, I think, of saying like they have not been able to find any records of him actually being a doctor, if I remember correctly. Maybe you got. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with no, but like he might be a doctor on a, like a Dr Pepper, Dr Dre standpoint. So let's just give him that. <laughs> Mr Pip. <laughs> yeah, like let's so, just let's just give him that for the sake of the story. <laughs> uh, so just, for those who don't know, Umar Johnson is also he, he always a Pan African hotep, uh, and and my thing with him is always just misogyny, and just like the the, the homophobia, the transphobia, like. He's that kind of guy, like just terrible. But um, he unfortunately has his own set of followers, and um, they uh, they were donating years ago, like four years ago, for this um school he's going to build. He's going to build this the school for 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 young black boys to teach them the curriculum because you know the the white man and the white curriculum we get now is just really bad. Which yeah, not saying that the the, the education system here is bad, but. I'm not sure having a hotep dude teach your kids is the smartest way to go. So there's always been this yeah. joke about how, you know, he's scamming and there's where's the money and all this stuff going on. So um imagine a surprise when um I think it was last week, Umar pushed out a video in uh VHS quality, um talking about he's found a school. He's found a place for uh, to get. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play the video and I'm gonna share this because uh, Joy has not seen this video. She has not seen. The I Joy. have not. I refuse to see it. I got messages from Deepon being like, "I feel bad for you." Um, so I, uh, when did this come out? Like last week. Okay. I'm. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, February 9th. You want to? Can you see? Can you see the screen? Can you see the screen? Yeah. Can you see the screen. All right. Here we go. We're gonna. We're gonna. Not gonna it, First of all, it's it's twenty three fucking minutes. Right. Oh god! So we're not gonna play all twenty three minutes of this because it's like I don't understand why you need twenty three minutes of telling us this shit. But like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna play here. You're seeing a video of, of of Umar slowly walk up to what looks like a why is he shaped why is he shaped like the Punisher. From like the from Enter the Spider Verse. Oh, you mean you, oh no, not the Punisher. I was say uh um. Not Fist. the uh, not hey, the Punisher. Kingpin. Oh my god, he, Kingpin. He kind of is. Apologize. I, I, he is shaped like Kingpin from well, Enter the Spider Verse. Oh, I think this is a Steve Harvey special. I think this is a Steve Harvey. Yes, Harvey's it special is. Story. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so. Do you, you see that? Do you see that he put a key into a boarded up door? <laughs> Why is he wearing a tuxedo? <laughs> Good afternoon. My no. name is Dr. Umar Johnson. I am a certified school psychologist certified and doctor of clinical psychology. Are you really? Are you really? Four long years ago, we began a fundraising campaign. Really oh, made- this graphic is so ugly. It's, it, oh. no, it's MS, 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 MS Paint, yo. He's making his graphics in MS Paint. You can't um, even elevate yourself up to Canva. Can we not do this? Right. I mean, there's so many other ways of doing this. Like, 
I mean, first of all, I mean, the video is, uh, and this is not just me. I mean, the video is like 10, 1040p. Like, it doesn't get any better than this. Like, this is a grainy ass VHS handheld video. Like, motherfucker couldn't even get like, couldn't even tell the dude who was filming this to be like, yo, can you just film it on your phone in HD? Can, can you do that? Campaign to build America's first independent African-centered school based off the principles of Pan-Africanism and international economics. It has been four long years of fundraising. If you're a clinical psychiatrist, why are you teaching uh, international uh, economics? And what do you know about international economics? It seems like your, your, your education isn't in economics. What are, we, what are we doing? Four long years of searching all across this country, flying and driving from state to state, looking for the best place to begin. The Frederick Douglass and Marcus Garvey RBG International Leadership Academy for Pan Why? Africa wait, wait, pause. Why those two? From I, and I, history was not my best subject, so y'all do not roast me in the comments when we see, when you listen to this. They didn't really have any intersection because they weren't they weren't alive at the same time. Am I wrong? Umar Johnson and the rest of them have a thing for Marcus Garvey and Frederick Douglass. Sure, that's but they don't have any, like why both of them like pick one. I think that's where my confusion is coming into play. You're asking. Look, in order, if you're going to ask this kind of question, you got to donate more. All right, you got to donate more <laughs> to these kind of answers. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, like, I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, we can't answer this question right now. I want to thank all of my loyal supporters and all of my donors who have stood by me through this tough and difficult time. Being accused of fraud. And I am happy and elated to report to you today that we have found the location for the very first FDMG Academy. It's a it's a broken down dilapidated school. Brothers and I'm sisters. I'm looking at it now. It looks bad. Ladies and gentlemen, parents and youth and elders, our ancestors are happy today. They re are they though? Are they really happy? Because it's like I, I'm just like if you're gonna film this video and and I understand like because people were pointing out like I know that school is is a rundown is a is a is a abandoned school. So I'm not gonna say that maybe he didn't work out a deal to like rent or buy the property. So let's let's go with that. Let's say he did do that. Like, which is still a stretch for me. Still a stretch. But let's say he did that. Why not clean the place up a little bit before you shoot the video? You know, like there... I guess because he he he, and this is no and no excuse to him. He has to be aware slash tired of the fraud terms. So I can imagine him just being like, "Fuck it, let's just show the building. I don't care what it looks like. I just want to show them proof that it's there." Because I'm tired of y'all clowning me on Twitter, telling me I'm a scammer. You are. But still. Should, should, we, should, we, should we, but, but Umar, should, should we take off the, the plywood boards that are boarding up the windows? Nah, you good. No. Should, should no. I hide the dangerous looking wires that are hanging down from the ceiling? <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite part, sorry about the yawn. My favorite part, because I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm, it's making me fall asleep. I'm. My favorite part is the random baby stools that are like st like stacked up in front of on top of each other behind him. That's my favorite part. Oh, yeah, it's great, great. Rejoice in heaven because we can now begin the process of psychological reconstruction, one African mind at a time. What does that mean? I was going to say the same thing. What are you talking about?
I mean, because like if you're talking about psychological reconstruction in terms of trying to make kids who are born gay not be gay, then we have problems. At the Frederick Douglass and Marcus Garvey Academy, we're going That's to be a t- long fucking name, yo. That's a fucking. It's Something the design else. also like the logo is terrible. Right. Yeah. What is you, what is you, what is their mascot? It's a giant onk. Like what? Are, what are we? What are we doing? teaching our young men? Along the lines of six key sciences, the first science will be economic and financial science. We want our young men to understand wealth as opposed to money. We want them to understand international investments, banking. We need them to be able to read the stock market reports. We want them to understand real estate and we want them to master the principles of interest. See, that's Wait, not is it, but isn't the stock market report a white man-made thing? Hmm. 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 Funny. Funny you should mention that. I just find it interesting because it's like you... Who's creating this curriculum? Because it's like, to me, I would think that and we're the agent for the school because if they're young, you would think maybe just dealing with personal finances up front. You're going to jump right into the stock market out of all things? And this is how people like him get away with things because in in on a basic, basic, basic level, everything that he's saying is not is not like it's not making sense. You know what I mean? Like right. it's teaching personal finances is something that I do think black and brown kids should be taught in school. And I do think that there is a disadvantage in terms of understanding our economy on a macro level that does not get taught to us because we don't have the access. All of that makes sense. It's just his other bullshit <laughs> that makes it hard to hear the rest of this. Well, the other thing too is I don't believe he understands it. No, he also does not understand it. In addition to financial and economic science, we're going to teach our young men dietary and nutritional science. As you know, wait, pause, pause. Are... He got a lot of fucking nerve being shaped <laughs> like a rectangle. Well, you Trying know, to... well, you know why you do this, so so that uh, the the young men that he's in the school can then teach the young women what they need to eat, so they don't have periods. So, oh my god, I forgot about my man. <laughs> Yo, because well, so, uh, Leslie, uh, she looked at the, she saw this video, and she, I never responded to her on Facebook about this, but she said she asked like why the doors were so short, and I was like, I want to be like because Yada the Tiny Tot a uh, hotel is probably going to be one of the teachers. Yo, <laughs> I'm mad that this man has gotten legs as much as he has on the show. <laughs> Dying every day from poor food and poor dietary habits. We want to teach them how to understand and use the vitamins and minerals that the universe has given us. We want to teach them how to eat in order to live. And on- so there's the thing too. All right. Again, it's 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 the and this is the problem with the hotels, right? They have such a basic understanding of the problem. And and they're speaking to other people that have a basic understanding of the problem. So when they say something like this, you're like, oh, you know what? Teaching young men how to eat right properly. That sounds like a that's like a good thing. But here's the thing. The kids you're probably targeting here, their problem isn't that well, part of the problem is that they, they don't know what to eat. But the larger problem is if you're depending on where the school is located and where they're living at. Can they get the fresh fruits and vegetables they need? 
because of food yeah, deserts. Yeah, is, it, is like their that. area a food desert? Right. Like, that's the problem because you can tell them and then you're like, oh, and it goes in later about we can, we're going to teach them how to farm for their stuff. Again, if there's no fertile land, how are you going to farm for your own food? Like, on top of that, there will be agricultural and agronomical science. If we want them to eat properly, we must show them how to grow properly. We must show them how to make their own food, to grow their own fruit, to grow their own vegetables. Again, we've seen this in, in inner cities where uh, community gardens that have been shut down and paved over. Mm -hmm. How are you growing your own food if you have no land to grow it on? Kind of important, kind of, kind of an important thing, right? Kind yeah. of important thing to have. And are you, are you like, you're teaching them these things, right? And it's important, like it's important to learn these things. And I think that, that that's all good and well, but are you providing them the access to actually do these things? The difference between doing the lesson in a classroom versus having the access and the means to do it yourself. Oh yes, this is a green thumb academy where we not only eat to live, but we grow the food that we eat. In addition to that, there will be the science. So are you guys are uh, vegetarian only? Or vegan unless, only? Unless they're, unless they're slaughtering um, right. animals. Right. We, I mean, I mean I'm, just, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to add up all the other uh, operational costs of the school as we go along. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just doing that in the back of my head. If we, if we do. Of the community and the family. We have to teach our young men how to be fathers, how to be sons, how to be organizers, and how to be leaders. And then after that, political science to make sure they doesn't he have like multiple baby mamas? Does he? I don't know nothing about this man's personal life. I think he does. I, I you know I get my hoteps confused sometimes, so you know I just understand the world in which they live, and then spiritual science to understand all of the great astrological and cosmological spiritual systems that African people have given to the world. And last but not least, we must also make sure they understand the science of being men. This, oh, this is going to be rich because you don't know how to be a man, so it's going to be great. is why the Frederick Douglass and Marcus Garvey Academy exists. This is what we intend to do within the sacred walls of this great institution. Brothers and sisters, <laughs> we are not yet. The production of this video is just uh, perfect. It's just so good. Done the work of preparing this school for our young men. There are still many more repairs and renovations. Many more. You guys haven't even started. You haven't started. Like you're literally showing a video. Are those, wait, wait, are those crutches in the corner? It's crutches in the corner. The screenshot? Like this is literally an abandoned school. It's literally an abandoned school. That have to take place. I need you to continue to donate. Oh. Hmm. I need you. There we go. That's what it was. Four minutes and 45 seconds in. If this is a donation call video. That's why he did it. Just to ask for more money. Showing us an abandoned school which looks like he might may or may not have broken into. <laughs> Walked around and shot a low res 
VHS video of to ask for more money. And I, and I think what it is for me is that if you would have kept up, and I, don't, I do not agree with this, if you would have kept up with updating people who donated to your initial GoFundMe, I think more people would be susceptible. Like it's a transparency standpoint that he is lacking overall about the school. Well, so we're going to get into that because this is we're we're a little bit familiar with uh, funding scams for certain things, and I have some parallels to bring that up in a minute. Yeah, now yeah. is not the time to give up. Now is not the time to get in. We have our building, but now we know? must repair, renovate, and restore this fine institution so that it is once again a model of 21st century learning. Brothers and sisters, please send your checks and money orders. <laughs> Not money Frederick order. Douglass and Marcus Garvey Academy to P.O. Box 6872 Philadelphia, Pennsylvania 19132. We are going to make history we are going to shock the world. We are going to transform the entire community <laughs> one black boy at a time. In this school, you don't have to worry about special education. In this school, you don't have to worry. Wait, excuse me. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. I'm glad you paused on that. What? Excuse me. Wait. Yeah, so full disclosure, I have not gotten this far into the video. I thought way before this. So, but I also noticed that uh, somebody also brought, I think it was uh, the doctor brought up the fact that he missed something about medicine and, and, and not replying medicine. I'm like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. That's the other thing with Umar Johnson, all right? Doesn't believe in a special education, doesn't believe in uh, kids needing certain, certain medicines for their behavior and things like that. It's like, it's, he's got junk science. So when you say you don't believe in special education, are you saying that... How, are special needs kids not allowed in your school? Or not even that. I, what I think he's saying is, is that, like, they don't, he doesn't acknowledge them mm. or take what they, what parents and these kids have been saying at face value that they need this access. Hmm. That's, and that's categorically worse. Yeah, it is. About ADHD diagnoses in this school. You will never get a phone call from a teacher or an administrator you telling you that your child that. needs dangerous psychiatric medication in order to get an education. I'm sorry. Did he just do screenshots of Ritalin and Adderall? I'm so done. I'm actually done. Um, I can't do You know what? I'm, I'm as outraged as you because I have, again, I never got this far into the video. Chris, we can't, we, do we need to finish this video? I'm really, I'm done. This I is just, way too much. This is, I just... In this school, the teachers are responsible for learning. In this school, I am your child's principal is responsible for his academic success. We don't blame the parents at the Frederick Douglass and Marcus Garvey Academy. And not only that, in this fine institution, we teach self-respect. In this fine institution, we teach Garveyism. All right, it's enough of that there, cause uh, I hate when I hate when when people bastardize Garvey stuff. 
Um, yeah, what the, what, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, so I, I have su- several different questions, right? Because the first one was, one of the first thing that came to me is, what's your infrastructure like? Because let's go with this idea that, I, again, I, I'm going to, let's take the hotepiness of, of Omar Johnson out of this for a minute, right? The uh-huh. dangerous stuff he said about Ritalin and, and Adderall and, and kids needing needing uh, these medicines and things like that. Let's take all that stuff out of it, right? Let's just go with him at face value. Like, let's, use, let's put our universal scam con hats on real quick and just ask certain questions uh-huh. that have been asked. You just, let's say you purchase. I think you're probably more like renting, but let's say you purchase or you're leasing, right? But I'm going to go with purchase. You, 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 you raise like a million dollars. You purchase this school building. Well, this is like a pretty, like a, a pretty big school because it has a gymnasium and all this stuff in there. You spent all your money on that. Now you're asking more people to donate because you now need to get this school renovated. You clearly need to pull the, the stuff that's in it out. You need to paint. You need to, to fix electrical. You need, to, you need to do all this stuff to make it because it has to be up to code to let people in, to let kids into that school. All right. You need to get this, this, this building up to code and safe. Get kids in there. Right. So even after that, then you have the operational costs of electricity, Internet. I'm assuming you're going to need internet in there. You're going to need broadband and all the other stuff. Heating costs, cooling costs, uh, water bill, all this stuff. Because, again, when we think about schools in the inner city and what, what kids are facing, one of the biggest problems in these schools, we see here in, 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 in Baltimore every summer and every winter, the schools are run down. Like there was a video I think, going around. I believe it was in Baltimore. and Maybe it was in Chicago, but I believe it was Baltimore where – they literally had the water coming out of the the bus uh, water busting one of the older pipes and was just flowing down into like uh, above one of the, the the kids' lockers. We know that during the summer times the schools are too hot. In winter times they're too cold. There's no heat. All this stuff. So you need to make sure you have the money to make sure that school that that empty building that's been sitting there forever has updated pipes, has updated heating, updated cooling. So the environment itself is conducive to learning. Forget your forget your lesson plans. Forget all the other stuff. Just having that right there. Do you have the money for that? Yeah. What's, what's going to be the what, is, what, are, what, what are going to be your operational costs? So when you're op, so after people have donated the money, you get you get the so you get the building up and running. How do you pay for your electric bill? How do you pay for your your broadband bill? How do you pay for your how are you paying for all that? If you're saying you're going to get some subsidy from the from 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 the state, uh, because let's say I believe this building is in New Jersey, and let's say it's a private school, you 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 build it as that because you got to build it as that, right? You have to get your lesson plans approved. Because if your lesson plans yeah. aren't approved, if you if you if you don't follow some accredited system, kids that go to your school will not be able to graduate with the necessary degrees to be to let that go forward. You can't just all of a sudden pop up and say I'm building a school. Yeah, there is. I'm imagining there's some legal pieces and approval from the government to a certain extent uh, of what you can do. Now, if it's, I think the difference is between like a charter school and like a public school is whereas the government funds it and so they provide all their these strict, you know, um, requirements on how you spend that money, which understandably because they're they're giving you the money. Um, charter schools are different, where they're using their own, you know, their own money. Uh, 
So they are, they don't, they're not as hands-on, but there's still legal things that you have to complete for that state. How are the kids getting to the school? <clears throat> oh, little, transportation is a really big thing. Because, I mean, it was, thing. it's in Delaware, so it's not like they're, you know, public transportation system. But believe, was it, is this building in Delaware? I thought it was in New Jersey. I can't remember. Nobody knows where the building oh, is. I, because the the, yeah. the no no the thing that's on the on the on the screen the video isn't where the actual school is. That's his okay. Board. That's where I got confused. Yeah, because no, on the screen it says Delaware. No 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 no. The school I believe was in New Jersey. Um, so transportation it was a big thing. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw the inside uh in uh, inside edition video going around where they were stopping people in New York who were uh turnstile jumpers. Um, there was a follow up for another newspaper basically calling. Inside edition out there because uh, some kids wrote in and was like they were stopping us, but what they didn't ask us was the reason why we were doing this is as students we get three uh, three f- free rides on the on the subway a day, but our we have to go our gym period isn't at our school, so we have to hop onto the 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 metro the the uh, the subway to go to our gym and then come back. We're already using two of our rides right there, so we hopped the turnstile. So. Obviously, transportation to to and from school is a big thing. So, are you providing transportation to go pick these these kids up? Because again, we know again if you're if you're targeting here's my thing. If he's targeting the group of kids he's saying he needs to target, they might not have the funds to get to and from school. They're not going to have the parents that are able to drop them off and pick them up and things like that. So, how are you doing? Are you then going to make it so that it's like a literally an academy where people stay over, like it's almost like a boarding school? Well, then now you have now you're even more money in about building in uh, places for kids to, to sleep and stay and all kinds of stuff like that. Where are like this is the thing that that, that immediately read like scam to me because the thing that happened with Universal uh, Fan Con where it's like you soon as you start like nobody asked like the question. Oh, we we got the Baltimore Convention Center. Okay, how are we going to do this? How the logistics of this work? Nobody thought about that shit. Seems like Umar Johnson doing the same thing here. Beyond the whole temporary that he's going with, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like most people, when they start some kind of leadership academy, or they start some kind of school, what they do is they start small. They start with like an after school program where they basically rent out, you know, a school or they they work in partnership with a, a, a current school. So they have a location. They have all that stuff taken care of for them. They have the transportation. They have the location. And you, you set up that way. You set up in the basement of a school or you set up somewhere else where all you need is some tables. You bring in some tutors and teachers in there and you teach that way. And then you build from there. And then once you get enough followers and you get enough uh, students, you can then build out and say, OK, now we're going to have our own building. We're going to rent out like half a day and maybe we'll do it over the weekend do it Saturdays and Sundays something like that right Umar Johnson is telling people he's going to jump right in to a full-blown school well he had four years to do it Chris so maybe he has it together it just doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense well here's my question is I was seeing on Twitter that some people got their got refunds from GoFundMe from this same from this same fundraising that he did. So like what's the truth? I'm very confused by this. Hmm. It's almost like uh he doesn't he didn't really do anything, but he just broke into a uh abandoned school and shot a video. Yeah, that I was I saw that this week and I was like, I, wait, what? Like it wasn't it wasn't like I didn't think that this was a scam, but 
it it does look mad like you just did a video when so you, you said when you were saying this video i because i haven't seen it i thought the video was of him announcing that he wasn't able to do it mm-hmm, i did mm-hmm, not know mm-hmm. it was him saying he did do it and bought and purchased the area so trust me I, I i tried to hide it well but i was surprised as hell watching this video yeah it, it, it just like to me if if you want if you bought this cool and you need people to come in and, and do the work and you have all these hotel people that are all down for the cause, and we need to build our own stuff like that. You put a call out. You tell people where the school is. They'll come out and help you help you get the school to code. They'll do that for you. He hasn't done that. It's just this video here. And so, like, to me, you know, people are gonna uh, always draw me crazy when I see people look when I read the video and uh, when I read the comments on the video and see people talk. It's like, oh, you guys are just hating. You know, he at least he's doing something. I'm like, guys, we gotta dream bigger. You, it, just doing something isn't enough. Like he's not doing anything. He's so that's the thing. Like doing, there's a difference between doing something and and deliberately teaching young impressionable minds messages that are not going to help them in the long run. Being a, a functional human being, there is a difference. You know what I mean? Like Huge you're difference. teaching them anti-gay and anti-queer and anti-trans rhetoric. That's a dub. You saying, oh, oh. Um, our kids will never need to use um, drugs and things of that nature. Like that's not good either. Cause some kids do need that. I would never blame the, the, the parents. I never get, so are you saying you're not getting the parents involved? Cause like to me, that was another red flag when hearing about a school is parents. Should, it should be the opposite. Like you'll get updates and calls from me daily about your kids. Yeah, you saying, I, oh, you'll never get a phone call from me. I'm assuming he meant in terms of a negative connotation, but there should be some type of status update for these parents. And I don't know if this is an actual public school or is this going to be a charter school that parents pay for, but if it's the latter, they, they're they paying top dollar to come here. You bet your ass you better be sending me a call every day on what, what my kid is doing. And, and I have to feel that way because, again, like if you're if you're got the school comes in into the already existing school district, like there's just so many so many questions I have, and again that this is me going with the idea that he's not scamming off the top, which I believe he has to be scamming off the top because once you're asking the questions, they don't make any fucking sense. Like who who is a target for this? Like he has a whole full ass school. Like that's got to be at least a couple hundred kids at the very least, probably more in order for it to make any fucking sense. So. Because you don't get a building that big and then be and, and they got five students. What are the grades? What what age? What are the ages of the kids? How's any of this also, work? Also, yeah. Also, teaching four subjects like I don't know how other states do, but in New York, you have to take national testing in order for you to pass the grade. I don't know what other states have to do, but if Delaware or New Jersey or wherever the fuck the school is has a similar testing as New York then they're in a world of problems because they're only teaching four subjects. Well, that was the thing too. Like he said it was six, but then when you started talking about it, he like, he repeated a couple of them. So I'm like, that's this really sounds, nice. so yeah, I, I get I'm why like, now four. he loves the Garvey or the Garvey, the Garvey piece, I guess. Well, actually no, if anything, it should have been like more like a uh, Booker T. Uh, Cause it seems more like this is more like a trade school teaching about farming and teaching about agriculture. Like this seems more like a trade school. Well, then it goes back to the idea of if you're going to be a trade school or if you're going to teach like a smaller subject, you don't need that kind of a building. 
you don't like the bird- and i'm not saying that like like i, I do think in general um you know pe- parents can decide how they you know teach their kids but there should be some type of uniform standard that everybody so they can you know progress in a normal level whether it be homeschooling or this or whatever but this in particular is weird to me because finances i think is a great thing to teach great whatever and all of this is only an assumption that he's not scamming but he absolutely is um, right, we got we got we got we got to put that other for everything he's like i think it's scamming but let's look, on the off chance that somehow he's not or not right. even that or if anybody else is trying to do the same thing he's doing but not scam you got to ask these questions yeah and i just want to make that clear because i don't want people to be like joy is defending no i'm not this man is a scammer i absolutely believe this <laughs> but anyway uh, off the, on the off chance that he was not scamming, right? And he's doing all these things. Okay, teaching personal finances, I think is great. But personal finance should be a supplement of like math. Dumb. You know what I mean? Like yeah. basic math. There's nothing about, uh, especially because it's a Pan-African school. He didn't say anything in terms of a subject about uh, history. That was so, so interesting, right? It's like, I'm going to teach you about capitalism and, and the stock market. But history. Right. Mm-hmm. But no history. This is this is the time. If you're a Pan African school, this is the time. This is your chance. This is your moment to shine in the sun to teach history. But no mention of history is very weird. You teaching about the stock market, okay? Uh, like again, again, Pan African school. The point of this is to not, you know, to shy away from white made things, and you're teaching stock market. All right. Um, agriculture, sure, but do you have the access and do you guys have the 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 fertile land? To your point, Chris. Uh, and then what was the other one? Was about like astrological science. Like, so you're teaching astrology. Um, are you teaching any other sciences or? Right, you're right. You gonna teach astrology? It's like maybe teach physics or something like structural Which, engineering. Uh, like, like, hey, if you like astrology, that is. That is on you. I don't think that that's a bad thing, but a whole subject on it is very odd. And but he was talking more along the lines of like the gods that you know our ancestors gave us, which not every person believes in God, and not every ancestor also believed in God. And to assume that is not is not it. It's a very weird thing. Um, you know another big weird thing, and this is where you go. You're, you're, you're gonna hate me. Um, I noticed that there was something very, very big missing from his school, and um, it's just a school for boys. It's no women in that school. No, so. and like there are definitely all girls and all boys schools. I've you know we definitely had that in in terms of like having Catholic schools for only women, only men, or sorry, only boys, only girls. Here's where my concern comes into play. If this was any other school, I'd be like, whatever. But because it is him, I am, I am, my eyebrow raises. I mean, because they're going to teach men how to be men, but they don't respect women. So how are you going to do that? Yeah, it was like the, the, like, it was like the education or something. I don't know what the wording he used. Something along the lines of like the education or the history on how to be men. And I'm like, okay, again, there's no one right way to be a man. And I don't even mind you being like, I want to teach my boy um, with, you know, on how to be a proper man. That's fine. But the issue comes into play of what you're teaching him and what toxic stuff comes with that. That's where the concern comes into play. So um, you're absolutely right. And uh, that's why uh, I have a small announcement to make. 
Salutations, my good people. As you all uh-uh. know, my name is Chris. And by now, you've heard me talk about the Umar Johnson, Frederick Douglass, and Marcus Garvey Leadership Academy. It's the first of its kind, uh, this Pan-African school that's going to change and, and corrupt, I mean, educate our young black men. Well, I'm here today to say that I don't believe that Umar school goes far enough. What about our young girls? Do we want them to grow up as female bedwinches? We need to educate them as well. Well, fear not. For I'm here today to announce the first ever pose-only telecommuting educational platform. The HOTEP School for Females will be the first of its kind. Our all-male staff will focus on teaching females such important life lessons as how changing your diet can eliminate your period. You didn't ask me, but here's my opinion anyway. Too much sex can make your pussy too loose. Black women are queens, but here are why white women are better. Black feminists. Are they the bedwinches of our time? Trick question. Of course they are. And there'll be plenty other lessons here to corrupt and, I mean, correct and indoctrinate, I mean, educate these young females but there's plenty of work that needs to be done I haven't actually secured any of the digital infrastructure staff accreditation domain names or anything that could actually make this school a reality but that's where you guys come in I need you all to open up your hearts your minds but more importantly I need you guys to open up your wallets help me make this school a reality for our young queens for 200 easy payments of 19.99, I promise to make a VHS quality video of me walking around a dilapidated call center and giving you a tour of the progress that I probably haven't really made, but I'm gonna scam you into thinking I have. This is for our futures. This is for our females. I look forward to taking your money, I mean building with your money, because the way I see it is, if Umar Johnson can scam people out of the money, why can't I jump in too? So please, donate. Thank you guys very much. I, I, I just, you know, going out there and trying to build, build from here. Wow, I'm never coming back on this show. <laughs> this is, you guys, <laughs> savor this episode. I am never coming back on the ATR <laughs> network. And I just want to make it clear. I had no clue he was going to do this. I genuinely did not know. He did not tell me. We spoke for like 20 minutes before the show. And he gave no inclination that this was going to be happening. You never know with me, right? I just come, sometimes you, you come on, you never know what you're going to get. You just, you know. Like, you, you forget, like, next week I'm, I'm going to announce my presidential candidate. Uh, next time I'm going to announce my presidential candidacy. So, um, you, maybe you lucked out by getting this one first. <laughs> oh, God. I don't, it doesn't feel like a luck out, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I just know, I'm just, like, I'm just tired of all these motherfuckers, yo. It's just, get the fuck on. Get, get the fuck out of here. Like, I, these, these Hotep dudes and stuff like that, it's just, it, it, it leads to a bigger issue. We got a few more topics and we'll get out of here. Um, another big thing that happened this week was, it's this, it's a more serious topic, especially when we're coming up in the, this 2020 election, is, I need people to do to be more aware of disinformation. 
we have gotten to this place where the internet is great. Um, and it gives us access to a lot of information. And I said this with the, the, the some of the, the I said this on Twitter about the media too, where I feel like the media seems to think that their 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 job is just to inform, but informing people without educating them is pointless and is actually kind of dangerous. And we've gotten to that point now where we have a lot of information out there, and we don't want to admit that the average person isn't educated enough about certain topics to really know how to handle the information they've been given. It's, it's the thing like if, if we went back in the, in the time in like, you know, the 1600s and I pulled out a phone, I just gave a bunch of uh, some a random person on the street, all the information there, they wouldn't be able to do anything with it. Cause they wouldn't understand what it would be overload. They wouldn't understand any of that stuff that I'm telling them. And I feel like we we're at that point now. It's partly because of you know no jokes aside about the, the the Umar Johnson school or stuff like that. But like our education system is trash, right? We don't teach people the skill sets they need to be excuse me to be adults. So see a lot of the stuff I'm talking about all the time with taxes. People are like, oh my tax refund, my tax refund. I'm like, you guys do under you guys don't understand taxes. Like you could actually get that money back more of it throughout the year, but nobody explains people how to fill out their, w, their W-4s so that can happen. You know, nobody understands how, how and where the taxes go to. Um, and so this week there were two stories that were spread the news. The first one was, um, what's the name, because I don't watch it, what's the name of the Empire guy who, who got... Um, Jesse, uh, Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett, all right. So I have not sp- spoken on this since since the the first uh, the first news of his first his, his attack came out right where he was uh, attacked by two I think he said it was two men uh, who uh, and, and Jesse he, he is a he is a black man black gay man uh, he was attacked he uh, had a noose pl- placed around his neck um, and the Chica- it was happening in Chicago Chicago police are looking into this thing um, there has been so much misinformation going around about him that. I saw the misinformation and was just like, I'm staying out of this. I don't know. I'm going to wait. Because to me, it feels like people are going with he, he uh, either he, he definitely it happened the way he said uh, or he lied. And I'm like, first of all, we don't even know what he said. Because when it first came out, we're seeing reports saying that uh, he claimed that it was two men wearing a MAGA hat. But it comes out that he never said that. So yeah, that one that one was wild because he he so for those of you guys who are unaware, he did an interview with what was it Good Morning America or something so. like that. I think so. He did he did one he did one official interview post the event, and he brought up that I never said that there was guys um, in MAGA hats. What he did say that he maintains in his story is that they said this is MAGA country, which was what I saw at least on my timeline the common thing that was brought up MAGA hats. I don't know where that came from. Well, again, it, it comes out and people, it's like a game of telephone. Somebody says one thing, somebody says mega country, then it becomes mega hat. Then it because they were decked out in America flag and mega, mega gear all over the place. Like it's, it's a thing where it is, there's no reliable sources. Right. So I've been saying out of it. Cause I'm like, nobody knows anything. One can't really trust the Chicago police department either in, on themselves anyway, because they've been known to lie. We yeah. know this, right. So I just been waiting to see how this happens. Not to mention that sometimes 
it's not that the victim and the police department are lying. It's that all the information around them. Remember the, the what was the story about the young girl who was killed? Remember, because it was the one that that um, uh, 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 Sean King got involved in and was offered an award, mm-hmm. and they were saying it was a white guy, and it turns out it was two black. Oh, guys. it was the Walmart shooting. Right. Little girl got shot. So about seven years old, got shot in the parking lot of a uh, literally just a um, random drive by. Got shot in the parking lot of a Walmart. Right, and. The white guy who was in the the, the sketch wasn't in turn out wasn't him that shot. He was actually like a, a witness, and then they end up using his. So it's like all that stuff went out, and and people built this whole narrative that wasn't based off of the actual facts of what happened. It wasn't the fact that the victims or even the police were wrong. It was that you know like it was this other. It became bigger than them. It became bigger than the actual story. So with this this one, I'm like, I'm staying out of it. I'm going to wait and see what actually comes out and speak on it. But since then, I, I have been watching people build the narrative. And the, the, the prevailing narrative has been that he's lying, mm-hmm. but it's not based off of any actual facts. And it's being passed around by right-wing sites and hip-hop sites who are very anti-homophobic, uh, very homophobic, you know? And I'm like, neither one of those sources are good sources. So I think it was Thursday it came out and there was this, this claim that two men had been arrested and that they were uh, extras on Empire and that the police were close to arresting Jesse himself because they said he was lying. And I saw the, the, the tweet that when it first came out. And I looked at who, the, who tweeted it and then I looked at the site that he got the information from. And I was like, all right, he's a right-wing conservative. Who literally in his, I, I can't remember what the guy's name was. I immediately muted and blocked him. But in his, in, in, in his, uh, uh, his, his Twitter uh, cover photo is a picture of him on, I think, uh, a split screen with Tucker Carlson. And he's sucking down a, a, a Chick-fil-A uh, milkshake. Was leading me to believe that he's homophobic. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you're on Fox News and put all this together. I'm like, you're homophobic. And the site that he was quoting was like looked like uh, it was like built with like angel fire, and I'm like that's not a good source. So I was like I'm not gonna believe this. And then fast forward a couple hours, and not only did every hip hop site pick that that story up and run with it, Variety, I think the yeah Hollywood the Variety reporter, Variety did it, and I was like yikes, that's not good. Yo, Variety picked it up. Um, the local of uh, uh, I think the local ABC station in Chicago picked it up, and then the police had to come on and be like, "Yeah, no, we didn't say that at all. That's not true, you know." And because because Variety I think picked it up because they were it was a, it was then claimed that Fox was going to drop him from Empire, mm-hmm. write him off of Empire because of the lies and stuff like that. And Fox had to come on and be like, or, no, 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 no. The, the the story was what they were saying was that the reason why he lied about it was because he was going to get written off of Empire. Oh. So, so Fox had to come on and, and be so, like, yeah, no. And Fox had to be like, we, what are you talking about? Yeah, we're not doing that. And so that scared me because I'm like, yo, how fast did people believe fake news? And here's, and, here, and here's the thing about fake news like little fake news, not like the Trump fake news where he says fact or fake news. I'm talking about. Actual fake news. Even after the police came out and said that wasn't true, the lie was getting more hit and getting more attention than the truth. I was on Facebook seeing it being passed around and people saying, oh, thoughts and oh, see, he lied and all the other stuff. I was seeing people when the 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 when the corrections came out, 
and people posted the corrections, obviously people in the comments go, yeah, I told you he lied. I'm like, you guys didn't even read the article. The article is saying he didn't lie. You're not even opening the article that, what are you doing? So there was that, and then there was the Kamala Harris thing. I'm sorry, Kamala Harris, I said her name wrong. Where, uh, first of all, I really would like, going forward, every Democratic candidate to not go on the Breakfast Club because they're not, they're, I mean, I, I think Charlie even came out recently and said that they're not interviewers for this. They're not good at this. So I need, I, I understand why the Democratic candidates feel they need to because unfortunately the Breakfast Club does have a good, has a large base in the young black community. I wish it wasn't true though because they are not good at this. Having said that, Kamala Harris went on the Breakfast Club and gave a 44-minute interview. 44 minutes. And she's actually pretty good. How do you feel about her? Everything she said was pretty good. I'm going to play um, some, of, some of the interview uh, here because I, I, I do think it's, um, it's, it's important um, uh, to hear from these candidates and hear what she says. But, and we'll, and get in, we'll, get in, we'll get into the... Um, We'll get into the part where uh, people were saying basically ran with fake news. Uh, let me see. Actually, let me just go ahead and play it from this point here. I think that's that's good enough. To uplift and empower and unite um, the folks of our country. And that's where people are going to have to, you know, ultimately land. And... Um, and obviously, they can make their decisions based on what they see and what they hear. Your yeah, uh, truancy program got, got a lot of criticism, too. Did you actually yeah. lock anybody up? No, we never locked anybody up. That was an initiative that was focused on my belief that education is a fundamental right. Mm -hmm. My belief that a child going without an education is something that all of us as a community should be highly concerned with. And we should put in place incentives to get children into school every day. Here's the thing that was behind that. I did an analysis of who the homicide victims were who were under the age of 25 when they were killed. And in, in, in the, in, when I was DA. And over 90% of them are high school dropouts. When I started to look at the statistics, I realized that 82% of the prisoners in the United States are high school dropouts. And African-American man between the age of, I think it's 30 and 34, who is a high school dropout, is two-thirds likely to be in jail, have been in jail, or dead. There is a direct connection between public education and public safety. I looked at the issue of elementary school truancy. And elementary school truant is two to three times more likely to be a high school dropout. I looked at the issue of third-grade reading level, something that we really need to understand. If by the end of third grade, a child is not at third grade reading level, they literally drop off. Because before third grade, a child is learning how to read. Then comprehension kicks in, and they're reading to learn. If they've not learned how to read, if they can't read the word Egypt, they will never understand how folks built the pyramids. Mm. Right? Mm. So I focused on this, understanding that so many of the children in our community are, 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 are at risk for not going to school every day while they're in elementary school. And it is not a function of that parent's love for the child. 
It is usually a function of that parent's ability to have the resources they need to to take care of what needs to happen on a daily basis. And here's the other thing that I realized in doing this work. You know, there are also, we have certain myths and we, we think that, oh, you know, if that child doesn't go to school every day in elementary school, they'll catch up, they'll be fine. They'll, you know, when they get to middle school and high school, they'll go to school every day without realizing that those first years of education are critically important to everything that comes thereafter. So I created this initiative with the intention of putting a spotlight on it and frankly, willing to be the bad guy to put a spotlight on it, but with the intention, which was the goal, which was achieved, of then highlighting and uplifting the resources that were available for those parents to get those children to school every day. So you didn't lock up parents when their kids didn't go to school. I'm no, just trying to clear no, up all the BS. Yeah, no, 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 no. Remember how long the, we talked this last time, how much people were saying that she was locking up parents. She locked up the home parents. And it wasn't true. You can see. So explain to me, because again, I, as soon as people, I'm not going to lie, and it's, not, it's, it's probably not good, but I need to do it for sanity's sake. As soon as people announce they're running, I mute them. Like I mute everything about them. Probably because smart. Probably smart. Because point. there's just been an influx of just craziness. And when she, the first person I had to mute was Kamala. Because when she got announced, it was a zoo on my timeline. And I was like, I can't, I can't. I can't go through this again because I went through this in 2016 and I can't do this again. So can you explain to me what was the rumor about the truancy program? So the rumor about the truancy program was that she locked up parents and that she laughed about locking up a homeless mother. Um, and it wasn't true. She actually got that homeless mother housing. The, the, the reason why she says it in here a little bit when she talks about being the bad guy Basically, what it was was that they were basically it, the normal truancy program is to lock up the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously you're not trying to lock up like elementary school kids, right? But it's to kind of punish the kids, especially when you get older. Her policy was we're going to go after the parents. We're going to put pressure on the parents to kind of bring them into the fold to find out why their their kids are not going to school. Like she said, most time you find out it's not the, not an abuse problem, but it's a resource problem, right? Now, sometimes it is a breach problem. If it's a breach problem, you need to get the kids out. You need to get the kids out of that situation and because they're being abused. But a lot of times what it is is, in, case of, in this case, what it was was that she, the mother was homeless. And that's why the kid was missing school. And so what Kamala's program did was they found that woman housing so their kid could get back to school. And so... People are looking at the surface level because she even said she was like, what we would do is we would kind of have we would, we would I would have my DAs in the office when the, when the parents got brought in, have them look mean and kind of putting them on pressure to kind of be like, hey, listen, this is a serious deal. If your kid is missing school, you're going to go to jail and things like that. They threatened them with jail. But usually what it was is to work out deals to find out, OK, is your kid not getting to school because you don't have transportation? What do we can rearrange transportation? It was like it was it was a bunch of steps of programs that you had to go through. Whereas if you they they give you all these resources and if you still didn't do it, then yeah, you were going to jail. But like they didn't lock anybody up because usually what it is is they just needed the resources. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, it's what and and, and it's not to say that that and and I think that there's a there's a valid excuse a valid critique of maybe don't threaten these parents with jail and maybe go with the resources at first. I think that's a valid critique, but people have simplified it, and I think people are simplifying things because they know that if you give the nuanced 
truth of what goes on, people aren't going to be as mad at some of these candidates as you want them to be. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, I think what I've been seeing before I muted her was that, yo, Kamala's cop, Kamala's cop, Kamala's cop. That has been the common statement. Uh, do I think that they need to be threatening parents? No, I think that's a lot. But do I think, I think to your point, the nuance of what were the laws before she came into office? How has she been able to essentially finesse and massage those laws so that she's able to provide and help for these communities, I think is a, a more nuanced discussion that we honestly haven't had. Well, and I think the, the problem is we don't want to have new, a lot of people don't want to have nuanced discussions about candidates. What they want is this candidate is bad because I say it's bad. You all aren't going to, you all aren't going to give me the fair shake if I go through the actual details of it. So, which, which in some cases is not a bad critique because some people won't, but I think that it's, Passing different disinformation, disinformation around is bad. So the dis other disinformation that came around that's beyond this was the whole thing about her smoking weed. So it came out that, you know, later early, later on in this interview, Charmaine asked her about smoking weed. She says, yeah, I smoked weed in college, stuff like that. So back at the, the – so then they go into talking about the big banks, and then Envy, right before they leave, is like, hey, what do you listen to? What, in general, what, what music do you listen to? Charlemagne all of a sudden jumps in with a joke about, yeah, no, when you were smoking weed – Right. And then she kind of answers Snoop and Tubac, but she's looking at and answering Envy. Somehow. Some whether it's right wingers or whoever came in and claimed that Camilla was trying to fake like she was black and fake like she was smoking weed because she didn't remember who she listened to when she was smoking weed, which, first of all, if you're smoking weed. And you're remembering all the way back 30 years ago, you might not remember exactly who you were listening to at that time because who the fuck remembers the first dates uh, i don't remember the first dates of tupac and big and, and, and snoop's albums i don't i'm sorry you got me i don't remember that shit if you asked me what i was listening to back in the 90s i would probably make something up and i could be wrong it's just who gives a shit but the other problem was that that wasn't the question so even Charlemagne and, and envy had to come into and do another interview basically were like yeah no the question was what did she listen to in general not what she listened to when she was smoking I was making a joke about that at the end, but she was clearly answering envy. The thing that bothered me about it was it was so easy to watch the video and see the context and realize it was wrong, but most people didn't. They ran with the lie. Even, even to the point where I posted, I was talking to my online about this, I posted a video of Charlemagne and, and envy basically coming back later on saying like, no, you guys are doing the work of Fox News. Like that's not what we asked her. This is what really happened. This is the context. And dude still said, no, now they're just covering for her. Which, I mean, the fact that you're posting something that has Charlemagne in it, and you know it's severe. Like, I, I, this is why I don't want these candidates going on the Breakfast Club, because I'm tired of talking about the Breakfast Club. But it's like, how, do a lie, how does a lie die? The answer is it doesn't. At least in, in, the, in this internet age, I don't think it will. And, and that's, that's concerning, obviously, but yeah. It's very, very concerning for me because I'm just, I don't know what's going to happen in 2020 because we're only two months into this election cycle and people have already lost their goddamn minds. Oh, do you remember the, I, one thing that did unfortunately cross my desk was the Wakanda forever thing? Yo, yo, people, people thought that she was, uh, oh, look at her. She's she's 
pandering to black people. I'm like, first of all, like, you guys don't understand what pandering is because, like, first of all, they, they thought that, they also think that her admitting that she smoked weed in college was her pandering to black people. And I'm just like, what? what? She was just answering, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, <clears throat> she's just answering a question. Like, what, honestly, what do you want? Like, I, I don't think that this is a scenario where, um, I'll give you an example. Like, one thing I did see was Cory Booker. And when they asked him, uh-huh. is Donald, like, he was absolutely pandering. Like, that, he, but he wasn't pandering to black people. But he's really doing a, in my opinion, not a great job of trying to toe that line between palatable black person that you can vote for me and making sure the community is on my side. He's doing a piss poor job of it, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, with Kamala, though, on this standpoint, like, yo, there are corny black folks that exist. I'm corny, right? I'm there. I'm washed. Like, I'm not cool. I admit that I am not cool. Like, I'm from the Bronx. I'm proud to be from the Bronx. But, like, I wasn't out here, like, gangbanging or some shit like that. Like, that's not the life that I lived. I didn't live uh, 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 a rough life in any way, shape, or form. And I don't pretend to. I think that's the key part. So, so you, you, know, you, don't, I, you, didn't, you didn't have a, you didn't have a, you didn't have a backup uh, a persona called T-Bone? No. Okay. Who said that? Who do you think? Wait. Did Cory Booker say that? Stop, Chris. Chris, he did not say he had a backup. No, he did not. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I'm learning too much on this podcast today. Yo, I'm literally I'm literally touching my head in pain. What? Your name doesn't even start with a T. How does that make sense? Oh. Yo, literally my chest hurts. <laughs> my God. Wait, okay, let me go back to our original point. Wow, that just took me aback. T-bone? Wow. Anyway, I didn't like I like being I like I'm not a a a Cardi B. You feel what I'm saying? Like Cardi B has really lived that life. And everything that comes to her, she can speak to because she has lived that authentically. And she should be proud of the shit that she's done because she was able to get out of a situation that she wanted to get out of and live the life that she deserves and wants to live. Proud of her. I lived the life of Cardi B, even though we're from the same area. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I didn't live that life. But I don't pretend to. I'm okay with being corny and black. Corny and black people exist. There are black people that don't have rhythm. I have rhythm. Let me make that clear. But, like, there are, there are corny black people that live out here who happen to be in politics. Like, even Obama, he definitely had a cool factor. Mm-hmm. But Obama was also, like, kind of corny. He wore dad jeans. And that's fine. He wore dad jeans. He wore dad jeans. Wore dad jeans. Like, and, but that worked in his favor. That was his personality. You could tell the coolest person in the room was really Michelle. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, she's more of the cool one. But, I say all that to say, there's a difference between being corny and pandering. Calling yourself T-Bone is absolutely pandering. What are we doing? Like, that is a lot. I don't, and, and from what I've seen so far, I personally do not think that Kamala is doing that. Now, could that change in in the the you know uh, as the the election progresses? Po- possibly, but I one I'm going to mute all of this so I don't have to see this shit. Like I could have lived my life without knowing about this man calling himself T Bone. To be fair, to be fair, he didn't call himself T Bone. It was like he created a per, another dude, or imaginary dude named. T- it's it's a weird thing. Just look up T Bone and, and Cory Booker. It's it's. But what? But it's just so like, mu- but it's so why? Much. It's so, because I think it's, it's it goes back to what you're saying, trying to trying to fit in. And like I said, 
I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things to criticize Kamala Harris on, but like to me, this wasn't one of them. Like, her interview with the Breakfast Club no. comes down very. She, if you watch again, I'm not gonna say watch the Breakfast Club, but when you watch it, she seems very, very comfortable and calm in the in in this environment and doesn't seem uncomfortable at all. Now, if you put Cory Booker in that situation, uh, I'm not sure about that one. Cory just yeah, I don't, I, think, I don't even I hate Cory like that, but I think Cory tries too hard. I called I called Cory try hard Obama for a reason. He tries too hard. He's not. He doesn't. He, he he doesn't think that him being himself is enough, which I think is sad. You know, and that's the other thing too is like I, any of any other black candidates that sign up to to run. There's one. There's one candidate in particular. I wish you would run, but she's she's playing my life right now. Um, and that's Stacey Abrams. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in general, if you're a black candidate that's running. Please stop trying to be something that you're not. If you are not a former gangbanger who was out here whipping work and selling dope out your garage or some shit like that, if that's not the life that you lived, like then don't don't pretend. Like you don't have to pretend. Like it's okay with being yourself. And that's been my issue with Corey because like, every time I see when I saw when he when they asked him like is Trump a racist, I feel like it was a very straight yes. But he really was tap dancing through it. And I'm like, ooh, he's trying to be everything that he that every that he thinks everybody wants him to be, and that's going to get him fucked up in this election. Well, and, and that's why, like, again, and I don't hate court. Like a lot of these candidates, like, I'm fine if you don't like somebody, but like the hate that I see some of them get, I'm just like, like I look at Cory Booker, and I'm just like, okay, cool, good dude. Like you're, he's like too much of a politician. It, like I still remember Cory Booker when again when he was mayor mayor in New Jersey. I think it was of uh, he was mayor he was mayor in New Jersey, and he was. Um, um, I don't know if anybody was else was on Twitter at the time. I don't know if you were on Twitter at this time when he went on the vegan. Ch- he went on the thing where he was going to do that thing politicians do, where they try to live off of food stamps for a week. Mm-hmm. I do remember and, that. And he bought nothing but beans, and people were like, "Hey, bro, what, you didn't talk to anybody who lives this life, did you? Because what the fuck did you do?" And he couldn't last because he just he he. he he spent all his money wrong. And it was just like, if things like that, I look at him. But at the end of the day, I also know he's a good dude. Cause I think he was also the guy who went around and he drove in the, in, in, he was, um, he was in the snowplow helping other people get out of their, their, their homes. And they were snow when, when New Jersey got that big snowstorm that one year. So it's like, I feel like at the end of the day, he is a good dude. Like if he ended up somehow becoming president, he still be a good president. It's just like, Things like that, I'm looking at him like, oh, dude, come on, dude. Like, that's... My, that's not the- my concern is, like, there's no politician that has a perfect record. It does exactly. not exist. It doesn't exist, right? But I want us to really... Uh, my hope is... It's probably not going to happen. My hope is, is that this election season, when we're having these discussions, we're talking about policy. Like, there's somebody on my timeline who was like, you know, Cory Booker's mishaps aside, let's talk about him as when he was... A politician in Jersey because he was I was living in Jersey when he was there and I would never vote for him as president. Mm-hmm. That's a conversation that I like to have, uh, like to have. Yeah. Why is that the case? Inform me because I don't live there anymore. So you need to let me know if you know something from living there about his policies. I love to hear that. Like that's stuff I'm more interested in. Right. Things like that. Actual policy stuff. No. And then on top of that, let's also look at the not just look at their past. but look at okay, what are they saying in the future? Can we hold them accountable for what they're saying in the future? Like the tax plans that everybody's putting forward right now, looking at Elizabeth Warren's tax plan, um, and 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 and, and uh, Kamala Harris's tax plan. Like, what are they doing with these things? What do these tax plans mean? Like, we can have a really progressive discussion going forward. I just have, I'm just afraid that the fake news stuff 
that shouldn't matter. What did she lie about what she listened to when she smoked weed in college? Like, no, why are we focusing on that? Like, there's 44 minutes of this interview where she talks about things that we can actually talk about and attack or, or, or dig deeper into. We're focusing on something that's not even true. What are we doing? Why are we doing it? Let's... Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. If you don't like her personally, or if you don't like him personally, or you don't like any of these candidates personally, that's fine. Yes. Sorry, I had to sneeze, no. but um, just I can we I, I want us to talk about the policies. Like, what are they bringing forth? And it was so funny because I was I was having this discussion with a bunch of friends at a bar, which is probably a poor mistake. Um, and you know, we were discussing the fact that there is a lot of candidates that are coming to the forefront. And one person was like, I'm nervous about this just because their concern is that people are going to get so heart set on their initial candidate as a primary that they won't pivot. Um, and we saw some of that. We did see some of that during, during the election of 2016 with Bernie. So like, you know, that's her major concern. My viewpoint is this, look, because what is a Democrat is starting to flux in terms of more viable people who are on the spectrum from super progressive to moderate in the middle to central. Like, I think that that makes it a more interesting game. Me personally, that's my personal opinion as joy, a voter. Now is there, I do have some concerns that people are not going to be able to pivot, but, and this is me being super naive. So take this with a grain of salt. My hope is from the lessons that we have learned from 2016, that people will try to be a little bit more uh, flexible if their candidate doesn't make it past the primary. This first two months is making me, I want to believe what you're believing. And I want to feel that way. I want to believe it too. And I want to believe it too. These first two months have shown me that I don't think a lot of people have learned anything. Like you cannot, I need people to understand you cannot wipe your hands clean. Cause there were a lot of people who, Push a lot of the Kamala Harris stuff this week that was clearly false. And then instead of publicly saying we were wrong, we got to do a better job of not pushing disinformation, just quietly went about their business like they didn't do it. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of people where you you do not get to be an agent of disinformation and then wipe your hands clean like you, you didn't do anything. No, you spreading fake news and false stuff and false narratives that are literally coming from white supremacy groups like, I'm sorry, this this matters. And I think people can do a lot, and this is the last thing before we get into the great moments of white privilege and get out of here. Um, I think people need to do a better job of look around at the people who are also agreeing with you. You know, the Kamala Harris thing, it sounds great, guys, but like, that's also being picked up by right-wingers. Maybe we shouldn't make a meme out of it. it, uh, most, it I think most of it, I think if anything... The thing that we should learn the most is I think the reason why people are more susceptible to and open to um, sharing fake news is look at what our government is from the government down. Right. We in 2016, someone got elected that their whole shtick is while they're saying that, oh, these X and Y, Z people are fake news or these you know specific outlets are fake news. All they do is spread lies. Like right. most recently, Trump was spreading lies about. His weight and height. Like, dog, don't lie to me. Like, he's lying about his health. He's lying about his policies. He's lying about all these other things. And I, I, like, I don't, I'm not saying that these people that are sharing fake news are automatically in the Trump camp. What I am saying is, is that when your government is spewing this cloud of disinformation, 
that imprints on people, whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah, no. I, I, and I think there's also this thing of, and this is why Republicans are so good, and I think this is the people are learning the wrong lessons from this, which is memes work because they're dumbed down. You know, calling Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris works because it's, it, it, it's catchy, it, it, it hits a quick point, and you don't have to go into details. And I'm telling people, like, listen, if you really truly believe that she's bad, if you really truly believe that her, her time in the criminal justice system is, is, is not good for not just black people, for the entire country, that's fine. I'm not saying you can't do that. But by dumbing your, your points down to these meme-type things, you, you are becoming more susceptible to sharing and pro- propagating fake stuff. And, and, and dumb down stuff. I'm saying is don't dumb things down. Talk the, talk the actual details. Take the extra time to go into the actual facts as to why she's bad. Breaking it down to something that's catchy doesn't help anybody. It really doesn't. And I, and, and I, I need people to understand that shit. It's like it. It's it's just annoying because I I see us making some of the same mistakes, and they're not gonna die down because like I said, once you go down this hot like you got all these people going like oh come on come uh, on is a cop she's a cop she's a cop I'm like she's not a cop she's not you can not like her her her, her what she does in the criminal justice system but she's not a cop there's a, there's a there's a huge difference between that go into the actual details go into the actual things of what what what, what are wrong. And if you don't, if you don't want to do that, then also, and this this this, this goes for everything else we talked about today, silence is also okay. Don't say anything. You don't have to jump into the hashtags. You don't have to jump into the Twitter debate. You don't have to do that. You can you can find other ways of educating people on these things. Educate the people around you offline. You know, or, organize like. I, I'm just like, I, I don't see any substance. People are claiming that, oh, no, we're trying to spread the truth about it. I'm like, but you're not spreading substance. You're spreading dumbed down versions of things. Like when you say things like, you know, she locked up, she locked up homeless, she laughed and locked up a homeless mother for two months. It was like, that's not true. You can look it up real quick and find that's not true. But you can still say, but maybe your problem is that you had a real problem. Like when it, the whole thing with the, um, Last thing, the, the whole thing with her and, and, and the, the, the Tupac and Snoop thing while she smoked weed things. People then started pivoting from, well, that wasn't really my problem. I really, my real problem was that uh, she's n- now for legalizing weed and she smoked weed in the past. But, you know, two years ago, she was locking up uh, people, uh, black people, black men who had weed charged and things like that. Then lead with that. You don't need to lead with the, 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 the incorrect false information lead with the actual facts of what your actual problem is take the extra time to go in and spell out what the what your factual policy issue with her is and don't lean in on the dumb the the dumb things here like i I don't see people doing that though and oh boy i'm gonna start doing like you i'm just gonna start muting uh uh uh, honestly for for your help like i because i i i picked up early that this was, I, I know what I, you know, we talked about this before about, I know what I said about what I'm hoping. I don't even believe it. I don't think that it's actually going to happen that way. I can only, all I can do is hope. I have a wealth of hope. I can, all I can do is that. But um, I started muting. As soon as she announced, I started muting. 
because I knew it was going to be some bullshit, especially because she announced it on MLK Day and Cory Brooker announced um, <laughs> announced he was running on the first day of Black History Month. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is about to be bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Let's, uh, I'm doing something different for, for Great Women's Heart Hills yet. So, uh, we're in a good note. <laughs> So great moments of white privilege. I was gonna do the great moments of white privilege as that Esquire article that has the uh, the American the, boy, the American boy, and I, and I you know what I was like. You know what? There's already been a tough enough uh, Black History Month. I'm not gonna do that. So uh, I have almost. I want to call these almost reverse great moments of white privilege. Uh, so the first one we just talked about, Kaepernick. So I'll p- p- put this one out there first. Primetime Sports forced to close after removing Nike apparel from store. After more than 20 years in business, primetime sports owner Stephen Martin uh, uh, Stephen Martin said he, can, he can't afford his monthly lease anymore at Chapel Hills Mall. Uh, on Monday, staff hung a 40% sign over all over the store. That's definitely that what brought us here. Uh, that's definitely what brought us to the store for sure. Melissa Hansen, who came by, in to buy a Broncos hat. But uh, a customer soon learned the discounts came at a price, learning that primetime would be going out of business. I just can't keep the doors open anymore, Martin said, telling News 5 he had made the decision to close for good on Sunday night. Not the first time Martin had to slash prices that, like this, choosing to get rid of, uh, choosing to get rid of all Nike apparel last fall, following the company's ad campaign with Colin Kaepernick. Being a sports store without ca- uh, Nike is kind of like being a milk store without milk or a gas station without gas. How do you do it? They have a monopoly on jerseys," said Martin. <laughs> Martin said he's the only f- he's only full service uh, he's the only full service licensed fan shop between Castle Rock and the New Mexico border. Despite having all 30, 32 NFL teams apparel in his store, he doesn't have any current player jerseys because of his decision to, to drop all Nike apparel. He also canceled an uh, autograph session with Brandon Marshall at his store back in 2016 to protest Marshall's decision to kneel during the a- anthem. As much as I hate to admit this, perhaps there are more Brandon Marshall and Callan Kaepernick supporters out there than I realized, Martin said. He says online sales have been a big factor in the 15, 15% decline in sales he's seen in the last three years. But loyal customers like Dave Huddle said they still prefer to shop local and in person. Yeah. So just want to throw it out there. Um, yeah. yeah. So. I mean, yeah, like if you, you know, for all you fans of free speech, like free marketplace is a thing in terms of choosing where you spend your money. And so if you choose to take off the apparel that people is interested in, and they decide not to go to your store. They have every right to do so. Yeah, free market. Take that out. Yep. Free marketplace. The store will stay open until there's nothing left. But Martin said he's leaving. With, at least he's leaving with his dignity. I didn't give in to big Nike and big dollars. I didn't give in. I did it my. I did it my way. He told News Five. The part of the military respect that's in me just cannot be sacrificed or compromised, as I believe Brandon Marshall and Colin Kaepernick both did. I don't like losing business over it, but I'd rather be able to live with myself. He added, eh, well, will you be able to live This nigga thought that he was the, the Colin Kaepernick of uh, apparel. Mm-hmm. If you don't get out of here, sir. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, other story, a uh, West Virginia official who called Michelle Obama an ape in heels faced 30 years in jail for FEMA fraud. I love this song. A West Virginia woman who pleaded guilty money to defrauding the Federal Emergency Management Agency is the same woman who fi- who was fired from a county development agency in 2016 after making a racist Facebook post about the then First Lady Michelle Obama. Pamela Tyler admitted she took more than $18,000 in flood relief benefits. She falsely registered for FEMA benefits after the, t- the June 2016 floods that killed more than 20 West Virginians and destroyed a num- uh, numerous homes along the Elk River and elsewhere. 
Taylor claimed that her primary residence had been damaged in the flood and that she was staying in a rental property. In fact, her primary residence was undamaged and she was staying there, and according to news releases from the attorney Mike Stewart's office. In her plea agreement, Taylor agreed to pay the restitution of $18,149, and she faced up to 30 years in prison and a fine of up to $500,000 when she sentenced May 30th by U.S. District Judge Irene Berger. Lovely. Not for nothing, like, and I'm glad that you know, Auntie Shell is getting her just due. But again, don't bury the lead on the fact that this woman stole money from FEMA. Yeah, yeah, stole stole money from FEMA. Like, it's just it's just so funny to me to see all these people uh, who claimed everybody else was criminal and they were criminals themselves. Just yeah, yeah. like you stole whole money from FEMA during a, a terrible hurricane where people needed that money for relief, and yeah, you should go to jail. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So this this week's great moment of white privilege is more about uh, great moments in uh, you know Happy Black History Month. I'll put it that way. That yeah, let's do that for the rest of the the insanity checks for the rest of February. Yeah. I want ha- February to be over. Ha- but then again, we back we back again in April, baby, or April, baby, March, because that's Women's History Month, which is just Black History Month Part Two for me. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So, uh, make it even longer. So. All right, folks, uh, there you guys have it. been a long show here. Uh, Joy, what do you have coming up? Uh, I'm going, so I will be going to South by Southwest. Um, I will be there covering for press with Slash Film. Shout out to the folks at Slash Film. They're absolutely wonderful, especially Jacob, my editor. Um, I'm also going to be at a panel while I'm at South, uh, South by Southwest. I'll be, uh, the name of the panel is called Crazy Rich Wakanda. We will be talking about the grassroots marketing of both Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians with two Black panelists and two Asian panelists. I am one of the two Black panelists um, and really excited about it because it's my favorite things to do. Talk about marketing, um, talk about Black Panther, just comics in general kind of roped into one. So very excited about that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, always enjoyed to have you on and to talk to talk to you about everything, even like the 20 minutes we had before where we were just talking about life stuff. So, um, Oh, it's great. Uh, coming up on the Insanity Check, let's see. Um, right after this, I'm recording our Star Trek Discovery, next Star Trek Discovery review, so stay tuned for that. We also have some stuff coming out on premium. There's going to be two uh, recorded on sun, uh, on Monday, two uh, uh, Scarestalgias, uh, and I think Brandon and I are going to also be recording a review of the first episode of Hannah, the Hannah TV show coming up on Thursday. And then we got the Comic Book Club stuff coming as well, coming next week as well, so... Just stay tuned, man. Go to mtrnetwork.net and go to the premium tab to Can uh, I make a can I make a plea? Yes, go ahead. Um, I would love another Hell No Cupid episode. That is my favorite show on the premium network. So <laughs> I love it so much. So it's funny you mentioned that. I was act I have a bunch of stories. I was actually gonna ask you if you want to do a Hell No Cupid after the show. So yes, we'll yes, I'm so excited. So you don't understand. Hell No Cupid is my favorite. Listen, <laughs> I, 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 I've been, I've been, I've been storing up some stories, like the dude who apparently hadn't washed his dick in like years. Uh, yeah, I got. Oh my god. Okay, I have, I'm, I in. I'm in. I'm in. Say less. So, I'm, I'm in. So now we go uh, in March. You're going to get a Hell No Cupid with me and Joy. So, um, oh, and then Joy's going to be on tomorrow because we're going to have our Black Critic Roundtable. We're talking about. Actors and actresses that have been nominated for awards uh, in the Oscars coming up. So I'm I'm very excited. I first of all, thank you guys so much for letting me come. Like I I like hanging out with you guys and talking to you guys about movies because um, we all have very different opinions, which is what I enjoy the most. And having that discussion with other people who are very much cinephiles and are really good at it, it I'm very humbled. So we talked about this, but I think I think that's an important thing. This is why I like doing 
the reviews with you know the the weekly reviews we do with Brandon and Roe is we all have different opinions and views. And I think that when you hear different views and opinions on movies, whether you agree with it or not, because we don't always agree on things, you're getting a fuller picture of what to expect from the movie. And I think that's more what you need when you see your reviews. Like a review from one person, a review from even just a regular movie critic is just their opinion again. So you kind of need to take several in to get the full picture of whether you want to see something or not. So I love it. Also, I think, I think, I I know you guys probably didn't do this purposely, but uh, there is this, and it's not from black people, but there's this weird thought or stereotype that all black critics, like black, black critics in particular can't be uh, uh, unbiased that when they're reviewing black films or any type of film that have people of color, they automatically give it a more positive review. And that's categorically untrue. All critics are biased. <laughs> Let me make that very yeah. clear. All critics are biased, especially white critics, to be honest. And so it's very nice to hear three different black critics talk on the horn and all have differing views, especially on black films that often don't get covered. I think it just shows that like we're not monolithic, especially in the, the film criticism space. Oh, absolutely. 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 So. Well, again, Joy, thank you very much for joining us. Make sure you guys subscribe to Insanity Check. We will be back in a couple weeks, and the guest that time will be Shanna on uh, with me. So um, just stay tuned. And, guys, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, we're out of here. Peace. Peace.